0: Hello, 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 hello. friends.
1: We're coming fresh off of recording the Princess Bride episode for Patreon.
0: Yes, that's going to be coming
1: out next week, so stay tuned. Mm -hmm. And we just want to give a quick, fresh intro to Easy A, one of our most lauded Patreon exploits.
0: Yeah, we wanted to to unlock one of these episodes for you for any people who aren't patrons, (laughs) if you've been dying to hear it from the vault this episode and also just give you a little taste of what's going on over mm-hmm. on the patreon
1: yeah i think that the biggest like enticing thing about the patreon is just that you get to pick the episodes so obviously yeah. this was like a highly requested one and we're happy to bring it to you like it was a blast to record
0: yeah, you get to hear my one woman show of the
1: movie, essentially. <laughs> Christina knows every line. It's incredible. Yeah. And you get to see my fave girl. You get to hear about it actually. Yeah. My fave girl, Amanda Bynes, The Queen of Comedy.
0: Yeah. It was a, it was a fun time. So I'm glad that this is not gonna be, you know, open to the public. Mm-hmm. Especially because obviously Patreon episodes are also included in the Stardazzle Awards. Right. So you will hear discussion of respectful king nominee lobster, lobster todd. todd yeah well with that being said we hope you enjoy the episode and yes. of course if you want to hear more of these bonus episodes you can always head over to our patreon it's movies that raised us we have a ton of cool perks like you get to submit picks and vote for the new episode our discord is always popping so it's a fun time
1: yes and without further ado we will just let you enjoy the episode for Easy A.
0: And she doesn't want to
1: say it out loud in front of her brother,
0: but she tells them it starts with a T. And her parents are like, T, 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 T. They simply can't get it. So she tells them to think British. And her dad is like, Tallywhacker, termagant. And mom goes, Yob, Frast, Nunt. It's <laughs> like, these sounds, you're just saying sounds. <laughs>
1: hello 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 hello. hello. well 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 back at the patreon
0: yes we are it's our second ever uh patreon exclusive bonus episode this one was fully voted for
1: by you the patrons very exciting the first ever voted on episode yeah and there was actually overlap which we were super concerned about we were like everyone's gonna fucking pick a different movie (laughs) but um yeah we narrowed it down and you guys picked easy a yeah
0: this is one that we had been wanting to do for a while Um, So I'm glad we're finally doing it, you know, just for the patrons. I can, like, talk as much as I want about how much I love Stanley Tucci and Penn Badgley. And uh, since you guys are paying for the content, it can all be in the episode instead of cutting it
1: down to just, like, a two-minute rampage. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Also, I think that we did this with Sleepover Cinema. Mm -hmm. Was I sick when we recorded that? You were. I think I, like... Paused in the middle to th- throw up, but hey, we're here now. I'm not sick. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, <I'm> doing great. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have a lot of thoughts, so mm. let's just get right into the budget, baby. The money, honey. <laughs> the
0: money, money, money,
1: money, <laughs> money, 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 money. Anyways, it was pretty low budget. Yeah, it was. It was only an eight mil budget. But they made seventy five million in the box office.
0: Yeah, very, very good return. None of that yeah. was from me though, because I sh- illegally streamed this movie. <laughs> I, I'll tell. I told this on the Sleepover Cinema episode, but I will retell it here. My my story with this film. So I remember when it was coming out, and I'm pretty sure that in Singapore it had like a. It had a really high rating. I think it was like NC-16, which is like no children under 16. It's like
1: XXX. <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much. Uh, and it this was 2010, so I would have been 14. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to watch this movie. So I illegally streamed it. And I watched it. And I just sat there like oh my God, this is like the best movie I've ever seen. So I walked into my brother's room and I was like, you need to watch this movie right now. And I immediately rewatched it with him because it was just like nothing I had ever seen. It really like, it tickled my sense of humor in a way that like other comedies had not. So yeah, I was obsessed with this movie.
1: Well, I do think it's rare. It's definitely rare to see uh female driven comedy like a teen comedy with a female lead.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't even like classify this as a rom-com.
1: Like No. It's technically there's like romance, but that's not what it's about, you know? No. Yeah. No, I think they could have even not even had romance and had Todd be chivalrous mm-hmm. and it would have done the same mm-hmm. like thing. Like it would have yeah. just been like, okay, people are decent. Um, but i'm so glad they did have (laughs) it yeah (laughs) yeah i do
0: part of me is kind of upset though that we're doing this for the patreon because does that mean that lobster todd is not eligible for respectful king of the year he is okay Okay.
1: (laughs) you're done uh he is he is eligible thank
0: god because that man is so respectful he's a king and he's uh hot. he's hot. He definitely deserves a nomination at the twenty twenty three Stardazzle Awards. So everyone who's not a patron will just
1: have to get on board. Yeah, everyone's seen this movie. Like yeah. you can vote.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm trying to figure out the right time to insert my Penn Badgley <laughs> story. So I'm no So wait. I guess now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the farmer's market, a farmer's market that I go to actually very frequently. Um, my friend works there me and a girlfriend of mine um, met up with him and I I want to say that Phil was even there too like I think like Mm. we were all there we were going back to Monica's house and lo and behold (laughs) I look over my shoulder and this is at the end of the farmer's market like we're waiting for my friend because he's helping the owner actually like put the tent in the truck or whatever and it's Penn Badgley with his baby, with his baby <laughs> in a stroller, talking to the guy who sells mushrooms at this farmer's market. Oh and I was God. like, oh, my God. Because the also insanely fortuitous timing, the friend who I was with recently dated his dog walker. yeah. And I was like, if only he had the dog, we mm-hmm. would have an excuse to talk to him because she had met the dog. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, but we just admired him from afar. He's actually kind of skinny in person. Oh, for like, sure. In this movie, he looks like so. He looks kind of like hunky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was so, I was so starstruck. I was like, mm-hmm. should I talk to him? <laughs> he could totally tell we were staring at him, like undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I was like, how's, you know, how's Domino, you know? Yeah. <laughs> how's her midwifery going?
0: Yeah, how's how's your beautiful life in Brooklyn? Oh my gosh, yeah. I love him so much. You've never seen Gossip Girl, right? No, just oh like my clicks God. here and there. Okay, well, that was like my first, well, no, technically my first exposure to him was John Tucker Must Die, but like when I really, really fell for him was as Dan and Gossip Girl, and then they like assassinated his character, and I was like, well... Not like literally, but that you know, like they assassinated his character on the inside. Um, so I was like, okay. But yeah, I love Penn Badgley, super hot, super talented also. Like if you've been watching you, the show, yeah. like he's great. Doing in a great that. job. So yeah. I could I could talk about him forever, and I probably will throughout the remainder of the episode. But before <laughs> we get too deep into that, we'll throw some more fun facts at you. This one I actually didn't even pick up on until Mo mentioned it right before we started recording, but as we know, our main character's name is Olive, and the rest of her family is Dill, Rosemary, and Chip, which I never caught. How quirky. Yeah. It's a quirky little family,
1: including another love of my life, Stanley Tucci. I'd like to lick me some of that popsicle. Um, moving right along. (laughs) This... Uh, play it's a fucking movie this movie was written m- almost in five days like the majority of it was written in five days wild um i know right pretty crazy thing to pop out of the blue mm-hmm. also emma stone almost turned down this role to star in sucker punch i don't even know what that movie's about it was like a. I i think it might be
0: based on a book i only watched it once but it's basically like these girls who i think are like orphans or runaways or something and then they get like drugged and when they're drugged they're in this like other world i am probably like completely butchering this and people who like this movie are screaming at me but um it does have a 22 on rotten
1: tomatoes yeah it did not so. do well
0: i remember vanessa hudgens is in it uh who else is in it yeah jenna malone emily browning Oh, Jimmy Chung! Oh my God, Oscar Isaac was in this. I do not remember that. Anyway, like, gotta watch.
1: Next yeah, to gotta movie. rewatch. <laughs> but yeah,
0: it was like a it was like a fantasy action kind of movie.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So good thing she turned it down and did this because this like completely launched her catapulted career. Catapulted her. Yeah.
1: I mean, she got an Oscar.
0: Yeah, she was nominated for a Golden Globe for this movie.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I think she's a a great casting choice oh for yeah sure.
0: personally like i prefer emma stone doing comedy over doing her more like dramatic roles i think that she is so naturally funny she has great timing um she does great with physical comedy with like the witty word play um so i thought she nailed mm-hmm. it And our last fun fact for you is that the entire film was actually shot on location in Ojai, California. They didn't use any sets. Like, the school was a real school and everything. So, there
1: you Uh, go. I was always so jealous of California schools. Whenever I would see it in, like, a TV or movie, I'm like, Mm. everything's outside. (laughs) Yeah. You get to go outside. You get to breathe a fresh air Mm. in between your classes. Yeah. It is pretty
0: sweet. I definitely enjoyed it.
1: Anyways, shall we dive right into this film? Let's go head first, right down the rabbit hole. Opening shot, we see suburbia, shots of Ojai, California, the school bell rings. We hear Olive say her opening monologue, "'The rumors of my promiscuity have been greatly exaggerated.'" Um, I wrote a note, I said, I forgot how cringe this Facebook Live shit is. (laughs) So Olive introduces part one of her five chapter story, the shutter inducing and cliched, however, totally false account of how I lost my virginity to a guy at a community college. So we cut back to school, Olive bumps into someone and drops all of her papers, As Rhiannon, played by Miss Mm -hmm. Allie um, she yells at her that George is not even a sexy name. (laughs) Then Mr. Griffith comes over, and he, like, overheard them saying something raunchy, and he's, like, hit the books, and... Says a bunch of other cliches.
0: Oh, yeah. He's like, hit the books. They don't hit back. Also, hugs, not drugs. Mess with the bull. Get the horns.
1: <laughs> and he does a little mess with the bull. Get the horns. And he does <laughs> a little finger thing. And then he like moves on to some other kids and takes someone's cigarette. He like rips it up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this leads to unwanted pregnancy. Mismatched tires on your non-existing vehicle. <laughs> um, but Olive tells us that Mr. Griffith is her favorite teacher. But she doesn't know if she's still his favorite student. Mm.
0: So we basically cut to the lie that starts everything. So Olive doesn't want to go on a camping trip with Rhiannon and her family. So she tells her that she's going on a date with her brother's friend from college, George. And this is like a weird discrepancy that is like never really addressed at any other point in the movie that like Olive supposedly has an older brother yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they kind of, like, forget about it. Because at one point, his um, mom is like, oh, we were always hoping you'd get knocked up and we'd have another mm-hmm. shot at raising a kid and really do it right this time. And I'm like, but this is your second out of three kids, technically, yeah. if she has this older brother. So I don't know what happened in the editing room. I don't know what happened. But
1: <laughs> weird. Yeah, I'm wondering that, too. Like, did she make up her older brother?
0: No, he no. goes to community
1: college. Wouldn't he be in the house? <laughs> yeah. No, he's never, he doesn't even go to movie night.
0: Yeah. I feel like there would, there could have been some other way of saying that like she met this guy, this college guy. I don't know. Anyways, it's a weird, She, like her child brother. <laughs> yeah, her is eight in year comu- old brother. Community college. <laughs> so the reason that Olive doesn't want to go on this camping trip partly to avoid just having to hang out with Rhiannon all weekend, but also because Rhiannon's parents are like these big time hippies. And we cut to this really interesting scene with uh, Rhiannon's parents. They're all eating outside under the stars and Rhiannon's parents are fully in the nude and they're eating patchouli burgers and uh, the I think they even offer her, like, a bong for dessert, and Olive is like, no, thank you, I'm trying to watch my figure. (laughs) So, yeah, she's not keen on camping with them all
1: weekend. Cut to that weekend. How did Olive really spend her weekend? She gets a card in the mail. It has $5 in it from her grandma. And the card plays, I got a pocket, got a pocket (laughs) full of sunshine. I got, and I don't know that. So... (laughs) She opens a card, hears the song, and she's like, "Uh," but then she like keeps opening it and playing it, and by the time Sunday night rolls around, she's literally like full out singing like you've had a couple drinks at karaoke night, and mm. the card promptly dies.
0: It is truly uh, an amazing montage. I feel like it had such a grip on everybody when this came out. I would see it on Tumblr all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Her in like the shower with it. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to recreate it on TikTok. I feel like that would be that would be fun. Oh, that would be
1: fun. Yeah, there are a lot of creatable. Mo- like we could do one where you're Olive and I'm Marianne. And you slap me. <laughs> There's a higher power that will judge you for, for your, your indecency. indecency. <laughs> Tom Cruise. I love Amanda Bynes. We all know I love Amanda yes. Bynes. She yes. is a comedy genius. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also think that she probably could have played. Uh, Olive. Yeah, I liked her in her role, but I think she could have done it.
0: Yeah, if this movie came out like six years prior, Amanda would have been playing Olive for sure. Yeah, yeah. So on Monday, we're back at school when Rhiannon asks Olive about her weekend. Olive is like, "Yeah, you know, he was a real gentleman. Like it was, it was great. You know, he was charming." It's like, I feel like I got a love and I know that it's all mine. And Rhiannon's like, okay, are you going (laughs) to see him again? She's like, no, no, probably not. You know, just one of those weekends. Rhiannon's like, wait, all weekend? Wait, did you dot, dot, dot? And Olive is like, no, what are you Mm -hmm. you talking about? And Rhiannon, like, immediately doesn't believe her. She's like, oh, my God, you totally lost your V-card to him. Tell me everything. I want every detail now, bitch. And uh, rushes her into the bathroom. And I love this part when Olive is like, you know, you call me bitch a lot. It's not really a term of endearment. She's like, I want every detail now, shit face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Olive is like, fine. We did it. Rhiannon is super happy. She claps and hugs Olive and she's like, now you're a super slut like me. And Olive was like, I don't think letting Peter Headland motorboat you outside the Bed Bath and Beyond makes you a super slut. So Rhiannon basically asks Olive, you know, what she let him do. And Olive says, you know, it was normal, nothing freaky. And as she's telling Rhiannon the story, we hear in her, her webcast saying that she doesn't know why she did it. Maybe it was because it was the first time that she actually felt superior to Rhiannon. And then the mm-hmm. lies just started like piling on. Then, as she's talking about like there being sexy Glade candles uh, at this,
1: you know, not the regular event. Glade
0: candles, like the sexy <laughs>
1: Glade candles. Yeah.
0: Who comes out of the stall but Marianne Bryant, aka Amanda Bynes, looking all judgy? And Rhiannon's like, What the hell are you looking at, Sister Christian? And she goes, just a couple of admitted whores, and splashes the water on her hands at them before she walks out of the bathroom.
1: Jesus. Drama. I know. So Olive tells us more about Marianne Bryant. She is the secretary of the student council, chairman of the Orange Blossom Dance Committee, and the president of the Cross Your Heart Club. Wow. Wow. Last year, their cause was changing the school mascot from the Blue Devils to the Woodchucks. Cue um, Woodchuck Todd, played by Penn Bagley, trying to do the Blue Devil dunk in a Woodchuck costume. And if you've seen this movie, you know how it's like if you've seen that episode of Glee where they do the Britney songs and they start like a sex riot. Mm hmm it's like that's the blue devil situation yeah yeah absolutely i was just watching that the other day i'm getting ready i can't wait to see uh Leah michelle on broadway did you get tickets i did get tickets wait how long is she on for should i get tickets oh i bet i mean she doesn't start until september so you'll be here in october there's no way she's yeah less than two months Damn! You should absolutely, I'm tickets. gonna get tickets. I simply need to see it. Like, it's a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity. <laughs> like, I almost wonder if this will be her foray back into Broadway. I think and she'll so. do more shows afterwards.
0: I think so. Honestly, it's. Oh my god, it's wild!
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you're going to see Leah Michelle on Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> you can talk about it in the Discord. Oh yes. Oh, really quick. Olive tells us that now Marianne has a new cause, her. So we then head to part two of Olive's story,
0: the accelerated velocity of terminological inexactitude. And we have this like montage of the rumor spreading like crazy through the entire school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By the time Olive gets from like the bathroom to the end of like the walkway, it's everybody already knows that, oh my God, Olive had sex so marianne tells olive to be more careful of what she says in the water closet <laughs> insane life. <light. laughs> and olive you know kind of pulls her aside from her annoying friend nina and is like hey so can what i you talk heard? to you alone
1: yeah are you she's, gonna be okay? Nina's like, Are you yeah are you gonna be okay and she like walks away she's like bye nina
0: <laughs> and they do their little like they kiss and like raise it up to God raise the roof to Jesus yeah (laughs) so Olive's like hey what you heard in there that actually wasn't true and Marianne is like Olive that's your name right (laughs) 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 um the fuck yeah (laughs) and Marianne's like I'm not the one you need to answer to for your depraved behavior there's a higher power that will judge you for your indecency Tom Cruise. Cruise.
1: (laughs) So. Don't test me. I know the
0: lines. I think then she's like, I hope for your sake that God has a sense of humor. Oh, I have about 17 years of anecdotal proof that he does. Just off the dome. It's burned. This movie is (laughs) burned. It's in (laughs) here.
1: It's in here. Don't ask me the capital of North Dakota. Do you want to know the lines to easy A? Exactly. Because I will never forget a single one. (laughs) We should do a TikTok that's like the... Um, I have a unique set of yeah. skills.
0: <laughs> I can recite the entirety of ECA at the drop of a hat. <laughs>
1: This is what it's like when you, when we're workshopping TikTok ideas. We're, works- we're, we're yeah. working here. We're working. We're coming up with content. A girl um, boss never rests. <laughs> literally, I'm
0: so tired. Oh, dude, I was making our, I was writing down our recording schedule for the next two months in my planner. And I was like, stay calm. Everything's going to be fine. You just need to figure out when you're going to watch all these movies and it'll be fine.
1: You can just only watch movies in your free time. Oh, did you want to hang out with your friends? (laughs) Sorry, you'll actually be watching movies in your free time. All of it is Mm -hmm. that now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Yep. The things that we do. Anyways, back to this film. Marianne is like, you've made your bed. I just hope for your sake that you've cleaned the sheets. And then Marianne proceeds to spread the rumor through the entire school. But Olive says that this actually wasn't the first time that her sexual exploits were the talk of the school.
1: Yes. The first time was in eighth grade when Olive wanted a kiss from her crush, Todd. Yeah. Lobster Todd. They were thrown together for seven minutes in heaven. Um, Well, don't you think your girlfriend is huh? like me? Played in the background. And... I just want to note that Young Olive is played by this actress who I've seen in so many yeah. Disney shows. Perfect
0: casting as Young Emma Stone.
1: It's Juliet Goglia, Goglia. Mm. Um, really great casting, for yeah. sure. So they're thrown in this room together. Todd is super nervous. Olive is also nervous, mm-hmm. and she's like just talking, talking, talking. And Todd's like, you talk like a grown-up. And she's like, don't worry. I'm not as smart as I think I am. (laughs) She kind of gives me like a Liz Lemon Mm, thing. Yeah, it's pretty pretty funny. Like, if you told me Tina Fey had a hand in writing this, I'd be like, sure. Yeah, right. So she's like, you know, we have 382 seconds left. And he's like, hear me out could we lie and say we kissed and olive even though she really wants to kiss him is like no problemo like yeah. let's go back out there champ mm-hmm. and olive says that she actually didn't want to lie that time and back then nobody cared but they sure did now that they thought she had sex with someone yeah I mean we were like briefly
0: talking about this before we started recording but like i went to a high school where not a lot of people were really having sex
1: yeah they were um, all nerds
0: yeah we were all nerds i think that <laughs> okay. also well my high school was also like fairly small because i went to a k-12 school so my graduating class was like it was like just under 300 people and also like nobody had cars or anything so it's not like people could go fucking cars and mm. I feel like people and like we also didn't have house parties because everybody lived in apartments. So you just hung out with your oh, friend group. Crazy. So like did, did anyone have parties? Yeah, people had parties, but it was just like people that you were friends with. Like it's gotcha. not like the popular kids would have a party and like anyone could like go like you see in movies and stuff like that. Like there is like yes. Melody's party. Nothing like that would happen in my high school. It was just yeah, like okay. people hung out with their friend groups. In, like apartments and that was about it so yeah people weren't like really fucking a lot like some people were but <clears throat> <laughs> people
1: were not fucking let
0: me yeah. tell you <laughs> like people who were in relationships or like some people would like have sex with people they were like briefly dating or whatever also people didn't really like date like go on a couple dates with somebody it's like oh i like you i like you now we're like in a relationship my god so when yeah. somebody did have sex and like that or like that rumor was spread around like it was Mm -hmm. a big deal like it seems to be in this school obviously it's like very exaggerated because this is a movie but i did find that like pretty true to my high school experience where like people would talk for sure
1: i went to a school actually went to an art school half day um for three years of high school and like literally there like people were super chill i mean there were a lot of gay people it was like an art school so a lot of people felt comfortable with their identities and being honest about that and or not sorry i'm sounding negative but i just mean open Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh at the school that i went to that was in my hometown people also had sex like i would say like by the time we graduated most people had had sex Mm -hmm. but it kind of like it really does depend because I was honestly like abstinent for most of high school like I was literally like really religious and I was Mm -hmm. like I don't want to do that before marriage and I kind of just like ended up losing my virginity and I was like felt really bad about it but then I was like I don't know complicated feelings around that Mm -hmm. but I knew other people had done that like it wasn't super crazy yeah especially like in my senior year like i think anyone who had dated for like a significant amount of time like was probably also doing that their senior year and stuff um Mm -hmm. but i do remember like i had religious friends specifically Mm -hmm. and there were a couple of people who actually said some pretty nasty shit about me but i like at that point it was like, I'm going to New York for college. Like, I don't care. Yeah, like,
0: fuck all of you, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was people who I thought were my friends too. Mm-hmm. So that was like a, yeah. a shitty thing. But my close friends, like, who I really, like, knew had my back, like, they, you know, didn't care and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it was kind of a mixed bag. Like, I think mm-hmm. it really depended, yeah, from, like, going off of what I know. And also, I know that at least one person from my high school is a Patreon subscriber, so you know who you are. (laughs) If you have any opinions, just DM us and uh, we could talk about it. But all that to say, I don't think anyone would go this hard at my school. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I think people cared more if, like, someone wore someone else's prom Mm -hmm. dress than if (laughs) you fucking had sex. Yeah. So... We get
0: to Olive's house. We see a little glimpse into her family life. She's having dinner with her parents, and she's like, so you guys know I was here all weekend, right? And they're like, yeah, you were in your room. She's like, so you would be willing to testify to that? And her dad, Stanley Tucci, love of my life, <laughs> he's like, I would take – a bullet for you right between the eyes. I would, I would s- rather slit my throat than say something to someone that you didn't want me to say. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so Olive's little brother who I guess is named chip chip. Yeah. Like a chocolate chip. Yeah. He compliments her pants mm. and she's like, thanks. They're from Costco. You know, you can have them when you get a little taller and he's like, Oh, I'm never going to go through puberty. And her, mo- her mom is like, oh, you will. We're just a family of late bloomers. And he goes, what does that matter? I'm adopted. And Stanley Tucci <laughs> goes, what? Who told you? <laughs> Guys, we were going to do this at the right time. <laughs> and he goes into this whole thing and he's like, listen to me. Sometimes even when a man and a woman love each other very much like your mother and I used to, their insides just don't <laughs> cooperate with each other. <laughs> it is just
1: phenomenal it's I, the timing it's the delivery yeah uh i loved it's, it. it it's a perfect i'm like
0: yeah so olive's mom rosemary is like hey olive what's going on like why do you need an alibi from us type of thing and all of is like mm-hmm. oh it's nothing it's just the rumor mill and they have this great little word play of like oh what's the rumor mill churning out these days she's like oh nothing it's a little low on grist and he's like oh clever wordplay you must be related to me she, I know it too well I need to stop somebody she stop me she just starts me. going she's like get her eyes glazed over
1: she's like clever wordplay um anyways go you go ahead before i can't stop (laughs) speaking of churning has anyone seen like butter tiktok like where people are like making butter um no No. just me okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) i've been seeing pink sauce tiktok so what oh my god pink sauce have you seen this no okay
1: I thought you said pig sauce, and no, I was no, like, no. I don't know if I want to know.
0: <laughs> pink sauce. It's this woman, she's running, like, a small business where she's selling this thing called pink sauce, and it's it just looks a small like business. there are tons of, like, food safety violations going on, like, the serving sizes are not right, It the label is stuck on with, like, glitter glue, there's milk in it, but it's not, like... Coming refrigerated, uh, like there's all this shit going on. Apparently, Can you send that to me. Yes, I will. I will. Um, apparently, it, it kind of tastes like ranch, but a little bit sweeter.
1: Um, yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, Anyways. and I don't like ranch, <laughs> and I, I and I wish I had never heard about it. To be honest mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So back at school the next day, every single person is staring at Olive. And she's like, I didn't mean for the lie to put me on the map, but I kind of like it, and
0: mm.
1: like it she does, you know. Yeah. In class, Mister, <laughs> I see. I see you've given him a nickname, <laughs> a, a brief little nickname, and it says, "This is Christina's note." I'm not like a regular teacher. I'm a cool teacher, and he's like introducing them into their next book the scarlet letter and he's like okay someone give me a beat <laughs> yeah josh like whatever he's like Anson. there's a girl and there's a guy and they are like adultery yeah adultery crimes of passion <laughs> okay you really do know every word i'm gonna need you to settle i think it's like jealous jealousy <laughs> adultery crimes of passion i think is yeah what it is. and then he's like just kidding cut that like i'm not gonna rap for you Um, And then we just hear, like, Olive's narration and comments on how the books you read in school always have some connection to angsty adolescent drama. Except for Huckleberry Finn, I don't know any teenage boys who have ever run away with a big hulking black guy.
0: Which is a surprise tool you'll need for later.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm right on. So Olive gives us a breakdown of the Scarlet Letter. Hester Prynne has an affair with the minister, is besmirched and made to wear a red A for adulterer. Eventually, the town realizes she was judged too harshly, and she's a really good person. And she dies a saint. Um, I loved this book. I read this in high school, and I I liked it a lot. Oh,
0: I've never read it. Yeah,
1: it's really good. Mm. It's it's pretty intense, though. Like the yeah. writing is super intense. Mr. Griffith talks about how Hester lived in a different time when adultery was the worst crime a woman could commit. So Nina, who's a part of the Cross Your Hearts Club, mm-hmm. raises her hand and says, Hester Prynne was a skink who brought this on herself. And I'm like, this is not even like a relevant conversation. And mm-hmm. like, you can't say a skank in school. No,
0: you can't.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then she turns to Olive and says, perhaps you should embroider a red a on your wardrobe, you abominable tramp. And I'm like, you also can't say no. that in school. Why didn't she get sent to the principal for that? I still don't know. And then Olive goes, perhaps you should get a wardrobe, you abominable twat. And she gets sent to the principal's office. Make it make sense. Make it make... Where's the brother? Why did she get sent to the principal's office?
0: That's what happens when you write a script in five days. There are some plot holes.
1: (laughs) This script was written in five days. Us at the end. Um, This script was written in five days. (laughs) I mean, for
0: the most part, there's a lot of it that's really tight and really good. But there's just the occasional thing where it's like, wait, what's up? Let's... What's that? (laughs) Take Roll roll back tape? We go to the principal's office where Marianne is an office aide. She is stapling papers while Olive is waiting to be seen. And she's like, seems as if someone's on a downward spiral. And Olive goes, seems as if someone's practicing the mundane activity she'll be settled with the rest of her pathetic life. And Marianne goes, you're going to hell. And Olive goes, just so long as you won't be there. And Marianne goes, I assure you, I won't. (laughs) So Olive then watches as this boy, Brandon, comes out of the principal's office, nursing his bloody nose. You may recognize him as BFF Carter from A Cinderella Story.
1: I may recognize him. Mm -hmm. I know every detail of that man's face. So Olive then goes into the office and she
0: explains, you know, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And the principal's like, if you use a word like that again in this school, it'll be your last. And he goes on this whole, like, rant where he's like, this isn't one of those progressive schools where teachers are called by their first names and students are partners in learning. And there's a fundraising (laughs) auction at the end of the year where the more creative parents put on musical skits. This is public school. If I can keep the girls off the pole and the boys off the pipe, I get a bonus. So, all like, gets do understand detention. me. And
1: she's like, I think I lost you in the middle, but I, yeah. I got back yeah. on track at I the found, end. I found my way back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she gets detention after school.
0: So after Olive leaves the principal's office, who does she run into but Woodchuck Todd? He goes up to her with his Woodchuck head off, and they have some banter. And she's like, oh, my God, the illusion is shattered. And they talk about, like, oh, what happens if you take off your head at Disneyland? And he's like, oh, no, Disney World is much more liberal. They went blue in the last election. It's like this really cute banter. They are very well-matched So he's like, hey, are you going to Melody Bossick's party tonight? And she's like, no, I hadn't planned on it. And he says, yeah, me neither. Tonight's my cousin's rehearsal dinner. Anyway, see ya, stay golden, and walks off.
1: Rihanna rushes up to Olive, and she's like, oh, my God, is it true you got suspended for calling Nina a dick and punching her in the left tit? And Rihanna is, like, gushing over this new badass Olive but Olive keeps trying to tell her the truth, and she isn't listening. That
0: night, Olive gets home. She tells her parents that she got sent to the principal's office for saying an inappropriate word. And she doesn't want to say it out loud in front of her brother, but she tells them it starts with a T. And her parents are like, T, 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 T. They simply can't get it. So she tells them to think British. And her dad is like, Tallywhacker? termagant and mom goes yob, frast, nun. It's <laughs> like these sounds you just say sounds. sounds. <laughs> so she ends up taking their offer to spell the word with her peas, and they ask if this has anything to do with the rumor that she mentioned, and if she needs to talk about anything. Meanwhile, her brother is peeking over her shoulder and is like, "What's a twit?" And they're like, "That's an a, honey, but it's it's a bad word. It'll get a, get you sent to the principal's office. Don't say it." So her dad is like, well, you know, I guess it's a good thing this isn't a common occurrence. And Olive asks what her punishment would have been otherwise. And they're like, bed without supper. But she's already finished. So they're like, no dating, no dating for you, young lady. And uh, her dad actually pulls her aside and is like, you know what? I bet that girl was acting just like what you called her. And Olive is like,
1: you have no idea detention olive tells us that due to budget cuts um her detention is basically like janitorial Mm -hmm. work yep and she mops the floor um she's like i'm just looking forward to putting all of this behind me brandon asks her if there aren't child labor laws against this and olive asks him how he is and he tells her that principal gibbons is a homophobe which is why he called them a fascist mm. and olive's like okay so the rumors are true and brandon's like i don't know what you're talking about and she's like the rumors that gibbons is a fascist of course mm-hmm. but they give each other like a knowing look yeah. and later on they're like scrubbing the stalls yeah. <laughs> in the bathroom and he asks her what's up with her new look very whore couture and she's like well if you haven't heard like i'm the new school slut and he's like well i heard that he was twice your age and that he give you crabs and she's like what the fuck i i think it's like a a nice
0: detail the fact that
1: all she's wearing is
0: like a tank top a vest and jeans and they're like oh my god whore couture because like
1: This whole
0: thing is so ridiculously overhyped that she wears, like, a tank top. And everyone's like, oh, my God, what a slut. Look at her.
1: Yeah. So Olive actually reveals to him that the rumor isn't true. And she made up the guy. And he tells her that she's perpetuating the rumor. And that's messed up. And Olive is like, no offense, but you could probably learn something from me. And it is, like, a really strange conversation and he's like okay so you're saying I should act straight so people will like me and she was like you know maybe the kids we call peers are onto something maybe Marianne's stuck up Jesus freak at- thing as an act and he tells her some of them are just trying to blend into the crowd and Olive says that if that's the case then he needs to either do everything he can to blend in or decide not to care
0: So, Rhiannon and Olive are then hanging out on this kind of, like, valley overlook situation. And they're sitting on Rhiannon's car, and she, you know, asks about George, and Olive is like, yeah, it was just a one-night stand, it doesn't really matter. And Rhiannon's like, but aren't you supposed to be, like, eternally in love with him and shit? And Olive is like, uh, maybe if I was a gossip girl in Sweet Valley with uh, traveling pants, but I'm not. So, no, I couldn't really care less. And so that's when Rhiannon talks about a rumor that she heard from somebody else that Olive got it on with like three guys in a jacuzzi. And Olive was like, oh, it sounds like a lot of work, but it's better than getting it on with some old dude, which is what Brandon actually told me. And Rhiannon is like, Oh, Brandon, isn't he a homo? And Olive is like, Yeah. So then, of course, speak of the devil. Brandon calls Olive and she's like, Oh, I was just talking about you with my friend Rhiannon. You know, like perpetually angry, blonde, bit. And before she finishes the word, he's like, Oh, yeah, Rhiannon. Basically, Brandon asked to hang out with Olive later that day. He wants to talk to her about something, and so after she hangs up the call, Rianne is like, babe, what is babe? Like, beautiful soul, bedazzling personality, and she's like, <laughs> big tits, and Rianne is like,
1: yes, that's my identifier, big tits. So, which is crazy because like I've never thought like, oh, Ali Machalka, big tits, but, but I she guess she does have big tits in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." Like good for you. Mm-hmm. So the next day, part three: a lady's choice and a gentleman's agreement. What little fucking twee like mustache on your finger names for the different parts of this? <laughs> it so, was twenty ten. So it was. I mean, what could you do? You you had to have the mustache necklace. You had mm-hmm. the deep side part. Mm-hmm. The weird like owl decals on everything. Stop typing! You're you're calling me out, <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. So, <laughs> Brandon comes to Olive's house, and her mom answers, and like I she's super excited, and they go into this Southern Bell thing. And she's like, "You have a gentleman caller," and she's like, "Oh my God, Mama! Like someone's finally come to marry me." I thought I'd have to drown my,
0: drown myself in bills pills and booze to numb the loneliness or something like that
1: (laughs) yeah so they head upstairs and rosemary tells dill that olive has a boy in her room a boy oh my god so olive shows brandon her bedroom and he's like will you go out with me and be my girlfriend like you suggested that i pretend i'm straight and she's like okay you're not my type and Brandon asks her if she wants to have sex with him or not. Like, he's like, oh, well, you're not my type either. But, like, do you want to have sex or not? Like, it goes from zero to 100. Mm-hmm. Olive asks him if he realizes she didn't actually lose her virginity. And Brandon asks if she's saying that he should pretend to have sex with a girl. And Olive's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so he's like, okay, well, can you help me out? Because you want to continue your floozy facade and I don't want to get pushed into shit every day. And Olive tells him this isn't the answer and Brandon is like, listen, I'll pay you like whatever you want. And she tells him to do what she said, just make someone up. (laughs) And Brandon is like, no one is going to believe me and tells Olive a little bit more about how he's tormented every day at school. Mm -hmm. It's actually really like, Sad to see. Um, Yeah, he's just like I feel like I'm being suffocated, and there's only one way around it, and like begs her to help him.
0: Yeah, there's this one thing he said that always stuck out to me. I think it's like, like oh yeah, sure, someday we can fantasize about how things are going to be different, but this is today, and it sucks. Which yeah, I know is like a thing that a lot of like a criticism that a lot of people have had with like the it gets better. It's like mantra oh, and really? slogan where it's like yeah sure but like right now it's like fucking awful and like you still have to suffer through a lot so it's hard mm-hmm. to hold
1: on to like that thought yeah yeah especially in high school
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: it depends on a lot of things if you feel like high school will last forever or not, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you don't go out of state for college or you go to community college, like, you're still with those people. You're Mm -hmm. still with a lot of people that you were with before. And it can feel like what's happening in Mm -hmm. high school lasts forever or just, like, you'll never be able to get over it even though you know you're going somewhere else. Like, Mm -hmm. totally, I've totally been there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and even Brandon is, like, he's so desperate for this help because i think he's also like i can't take another day of this i don't know what i'll do so he is like really really suffering
1: so after hearing this very heartfelt appeal um olive finally agrees and she tells him it has to be public and suggests melody bostick's party and she tells him to make sure he's ready to live with the consequences
0: So we get to Melody Bostick's party. She is the most popular girl in the school, partly because she's pretty and has perfect hair, but also because her parents let her throw these crazy parties every time she catches them doing it in the hot tub, which is every week, apparently. So Olive and Brandon show up while the party is in full swing. She borrowed a dress from her mom. Brandon borrowed a jacket from Olive, and they are ready to put on a show. So they're, like, pretending to be wasted, and Olive is like, oh, my God, Melody, sorry, we had some pre-cocktail cocktails, pre-cocktail party cocktails, like, before the cocktail party with cocktails. And she goes into Melody's ear, and she's like, here's the stitch, Melody, Melody stick <laughs> And Melody's like, <laughs> Brandon was just telling me this really funny thing. <laughs> And I was wondering if there was like a room that we could go to where he could finish telling me that thing that's funny if you know what I mean. And Melody for some reason is like, "Yeah, you can use my room." <laughs> Which like I would never at a party, at a high school party be like, "Yeah, you can go have sex on my bed
1: to like a stranger." Oh my god, I remember like one of the first parties we threw in our apartment mm-hmm. when two people whose names won't be named <laughs> went into Nora's room and were canoodling and I was like, what? Wait, who was this? I will edit this out. Yeah. Mariah, edit this out. Oh, I forgot about that. I was like, in my abode? In your
0: home. Wow. What a blast from the freaking past. I completely forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. I feel like if it's like your friend, it's like, okay, like whatever. But I would not allow a stranger that I'm not friends with at a giant house party when I was in high school be like, yeah, you can go have sex on my bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they head on
1: over to Melody's bedroom in the bedroom i said what a fucking toxic vibe because this situation is so crazy like her lying about the virginity thing it being blown out of proportion then her being approached and i'm like dear lord like these hoops that we must jump through in high school are like absolutely ridiculous so olive takes off her thong and she puts them on the doorknob to cover up the keyhole Then she gets on the bed with Brandon, and she's like, come on, come on. And she, like, lays down, too. I'm like, that's not even necessary. But she's like, grunt, like, grunt. And he's like, oh, oh. And she's like, grunt. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. Brandon is is (laughs) terrible. So Olive pretends like she's getting railed. And, like she's like oh "Oh, yeah oh yeah and she's like okay now you try and he's like i'm gonna turn you around and take you from the back (laughs) and she's like you think that's gonna make people think you're straight (laughs) and everyone listening is like what yeah and then they like try to keep going keep getting it back on track and all of like manages to do so and then he's like do you smell that do you smell us (laughs) And then outside, they're like, he's saying it smells. (laughs) And he's like, it actually doesn't smell that bad. (laughs) Then Olive's like, are you ready for the grand finale? And punches him in the balls. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I also love the part when he, like, after she's like, that's not going to make people think you're straight. He's like, never mind that, gayness, because I'm a straight guy. Roar! And then smacks her ass.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, my, my gosh. So Olive messes up Brandon's hair, like, pulls on his shirt, and he's she's like, go forth. And Brandon thanks her, like, very earnestly. Mm-hmm. And she gives him her thong as the evidence. Mm.
0: So when the door opens, everyone quickly disperses. Also, a remix of "The Tide Is High" is playing in the background.
1: The tide is high.
0: Yep. So they, you know, Brandon walks down the hall, and the guys are like, "Oh, how was she?" And he's like, "Let's just say I'll be walking funny tomorrow."
1: And they're like, "And I'm like, what?" <laughs> and then he's like, "I'm drunk. What's up, bitches?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, Olive gets a very different reception when she leaves the room. Just tons of dirty looks.
1: Oh, that's so true. I never thought about mm. that, like, contrast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely something that I noticed more as, like, a purposeful thing as I got a little bit yeah. older. Um, but, yeah, everyone's just kind of, like, giving her dirty looks. And then, oh, my God, who is at the party but Lobster Todd?
1: She's like,
0: oh, my God, Todd, I'm like, didn't you have your cousin's rehearsal dinner? And he's like, yeah, it was a quick rehearsal. I only had one line, LOL. And uh, they have this little back and forth, which it's so dumb, but I just find it so delightful where he's like, oh, how's it going? And she says, you know, I'm I'm here. And he says, can I get you a beer? And she's like, that rhymed. I liked it. And that's when Todd notices some guys behind Olive, like basically like imitating like humping and having sex and stuff. So when she turns around, they obviously stop, and she's like, "I'm gonna go." And he's like, "Oh, are you sure?" And she's like, "Yeah, I I gotta go." And he says, "I'm like the the hottest
1: fucking guy here, asking to get you a beer, bitch. Get over yourself."
0: (sighs) He's just—he's so hot. And like when I would he's watch so this hot. growing he's up, so nice. I know when I watch this growing up, I was like, "Why isn't Todd like popular? Like, why is he not the most popular guy in the school? Because he yeah. just he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. He doesn't roll with those people. He keeps to himself. He's just a friend to all.
1: A respectful king. It is kind of funny though because he's like, oh, you know, I just keep to myself, from I'm like. You're the mascot. Like here, yeah. everyone's like everyone knows who the mascot is. Mm-hmm. Like that's a total thing. Yeah. But yeah, he is super, super sweet. Hmm. But as Olive walks off,
0: Todd is like, "See what the salt minds," and he looks like, "Why the fuck did I say that?" <laughs> it so, is <I'm> so endearing. <laughs> yeah, I love him.
1: Yeah, I love him. We're getting married. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he already married? Yes. Is that relevant? No. No. Does he have a baby? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be a Will I steal that baby? I will kidnap that baby. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Absolutely kidding. Um, I hear the siren in the background right after you said that. wee you, wee Moving right along. Yes. Olive tells us that she thought pretending to lose her virginity would be a little more special and she sits in her room, like, pretending to play guitar. Cow wow, well, cow wow. Well. <laughs> I actually never realized until this watch, this is a
0: reference to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where when the mom there is are like, a lot oh, of that's references beautiful. To and Hughes she's movies. like, never had a lesson, never had a single lesson, which is a reference to mm-hmm. uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which was very clever. There's definitely a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, like, weaved through, I think, very masterfully because it doesn't feel like oh we're copying it definitely feels like an homage with its own twist on yeah. it yeah
1: yeah like the structure feels unique but then mm-hmm. you realize like the dance number yeah it, yeah and then of and it's course, very self-aware I mean, end, too yeah. yeah totally so she's doing her thing and her mom comes in with a gift from Brandon and she's like oh he seems nice and gay and she tells Olive that she loves her no matter the sexual orientation of her boyfriend and Olive is like we aren't dating and Rosemary is like you know I dated a homosexual once for a very very long time and Olive is like I hope you're not talking about my father and she's like oh no your father is straight almost too straight if you know what I mean and she's like please I don't shut the door on your way out I am fucking begging you. Mm-hmm. So she heads out and um, Olive opens the gift. It is a Target gift card. And the card is like, if you don't like Target, you can go screw yourself. And it's a vibrator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets a call from Ree asking if she hooked up with Brendan at Melody Bostick's party. <laughs> and I like want to punch Rhi on in the face. I'm yeah. like what a nice moment that you had to ruin. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, just because you lost your virginity doesn't mean you can go around um, like- Throwing your cat at everyone. Yeah, throwing (laughs) your cat at everyone. And Rhiannon just keeps talking about how Olive should have told her she was going to the party and how she slept with Brendan. And Olive is like, I can't believe you're really making this about you right now. And Rhiannon is like, well, um, you're starting to get a reputation as a dirty skank. And she tells Olive that that's her identifier, dirty skank. And Olive is like, well, you're a jealous virgin and hangs up. Yeah. What does that lead to? One of the best montages.
0: Mm-hmm. Cue bad reputation. Olive gets rid of all the clothes in her closet and for some reason has just, you know, dollars in the
1: bank and yeah it gets <laughs> the most like <laughs> fucking expensive lingerie it yeah. looks nice it does like
0: she goes to this like fancy lingerie store comes home with oodles of bags she starts you know oodles and zoodles of bags precisely and she's like so people thought i was a dirty skank fine i'd be the dirtiest skank they'd ever seen
1: she doesn't shower anymore
0: i'm gonna be fucking disgusting so we see this montage of her like struggling with fabric and like sewing needles she's trying to like sew something onto this lingerie and she's like grunting and struggling and her dad comes in and he's like what's going on? It sounds like you're having sex in here, which I know can't be true because you have a gay boyfriend. And she's like, he's not my boyfriend. And he's like, hey, no ju- no judgment. All God's children. It's fine. I was gay once for a while. No big deal. We all do it. It's okay. And she's like, dad, can you just shut the door, please? <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was a
1: joke or if he was actually like,
0: yeah, whatever. Oh, I fully believe he was He's a bisexual man for sure.
1: Stanley Tucci or this character? That's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well now you've piqued my interest, ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Opens the like 90-page thesis. I actually I
0: do wonder if he's if he's ever commented on that because he has played like a lot of gay characters,
1: but mm-hmm is married to a woman. I mean, he could yeah. be bi. I, I mean, don't I know think if it's he's an ever- easy read because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we know people like that. Like, I think Sammy could read as gay. Right. And he's not. Yeah. But, or even my boyfriend, I guess. But, yeah, yeah I think, I don't know. I don't know him well enough to know. But if he told me that he was, I would believe mm-hmm. him. And if he told me that he wasn't, I would also believe him. Yeah. Yeah. The point of this is to say I love Stanley Tucci. <laughs> also, I'm begging for one of your aprons mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. I want one, please send them to me.
0: <laughs> please send us PR. I also want one of those aprons where it's like I watched Stanley Tucci make a Negroni on whatever day in 2020 from Super Yaki. I want one of
1: those as well. Oh yeah. This is the this is the uh, TikTok from the episode if you're not super yaki uh keep scrolling keep scrolling away please collaborate with us <laughs> we love you good thing this is on the patreon where they'll
0: never hear it so. <laughs>
1: just as i planned
0: mm-hmm. so olive tells her dad to like leave her alone and he asks if she's okay and she says
1: yeah and he's like give him hell and locks out Mmm. So at school the next day, Olive walks up with her her skinny jeans, her espadrilles, mm-hmm. her corset with her A embroidered on there. Or not embroidered, but sewn on. Yeah. And her Ray-Ban sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was oh, a and moment. And pearls, and pearls too. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's whole thing i was actually thinking that that would be a really recognizable halloween costume
0: i was also thinking the same thing um if nothing nothing comes my way because listeners i floated the idea of a group costume as the hex girls from scooby-doo but there were no takers other than mo
1: (laughs) pretty dry in the fucking Mm -hmm. chat i was like how dare i know and you you have the audacity to not even respond to the text God damn,
0: leaving me out to dry. Yeah. Um, Cause I told, I told my boyfriend and he
1: was like, why is no one on board? That would be a great costume. And I'm like, <gasps> wait, hear me out. <laughs> You're Olive and I'm Todd. I'm the blue <gasps> devil. Oh, I like that. That would be really <laughs> fucking good, right? Oh yeah, everybody sound off in the comments if we should do this. Oh, that would be one of our, I think that would be our most iconic Mm-hmm. Uh couple's costume.
0: And it would be easy because all you need to do is, like, get... Paint myself blue. Paint yourself blue. Get, like, a blue bikini top. Yeah. And, yeah. like, a little cape and some horns, and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. I have, like, a tartan. Yeah. I just have to get a black corset, some fabric, embroider an A on there. I'll get, like, an Amazon corset, throw on some black skinny jeans. I have some somewhere. And, uh... Do you have a pair of
1: wedges? Is the
0: question. Mm, that I don't. So I have to figure that
1: out. Can't wait to get all dressed up for Halloween, promptly get blackout drunk, and have to go home early. <laughs> Will we be able to stay out past 11 p.m. this year? Here's Who hoping. Knows? <laughs> Here's hoping. Okay. Where the fuck are we? We're doing a podcast?
0: Yeah. So, yes, Olive's grand entrance into school. Iconic. Iconic. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, everyone loses their fucking minds. They're like, what? And she goes up to Rhiannon and Anson, who's like a longtime crush of Rhiannon. She's like, I just realized the funniest thing. My name is an anagram for I love. (laughs) And Anson's like, What's an anagram? And she's like, "Look it up, big boy." <laughs> and she's like, "What's your problem, Toriannon?" And she's like, "Actually, that's a rhetorical question. I don't want to know anything from you." And as she like walks off, she's like, "Our friendship is officially over, and I want my juicy couture sweatshirt back. It's too loose around your chest anyway." And she's like, "Ooh." I love that her line when she has this grand entrance is like "Olive" is an anagram for for "I I love," love. not like "Oh, I'll see you after school." Like you're looking hot today. I want to suck your dick. Fucking corniest (laughs) shit.
0: I also didn't realize until before we recorded this that Pendergast is also an anagram for pretend shag. Mm
1: -hmm. So clever, clever. Wow! Wordplay. Mm-hmm. The song that's playing four in the four-letter word for "that's hot," sexy. Oh. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" I don't know. Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My brain just working at like two miles an hour. So the song also that's playing in the background is "Sexy Silk." Um by Jesse J, which was like, I was like obsessed with this song. I was like, oh my god, this is like the hottest song I've ever heard when I was 14. And now when I listen to it, I'm like the thought of like doing anything to the song, super cringe. Super What's cringe. The song, I- it's called Sexy Silk. It's like, I will be your sexy silk didn't wrap me around, round, round, round. Well, like, there's like horns and stuff in the background. Wow. Yeah. Uh I thought it was really cool when I was 14. And now I'm like, hmm, not so much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was wrong
1: about that.
0: <laughs> In the cafeteria, Olive is, like, being very suggestive, like, licking her mashed potatoes off a plastic spoon. All the guys are, like, losing their minds. The girl's giving her dirty stares. And that's when Mr. Griffith comes up to her and he's just like, what are you doing? And she's like, Nothing. And there's just like this really awkward, silent tension between the two of them, and he's just like, "Don't forget tomorrow's Earth
1: Day," and walks away. <laughs> I like Mr. Griffith. Yeah. I feel like
0: you do not like this teacher. No, no, I think it's a very funny moment. I love, I okay. love this moment. I do think he's like a little bit inappropriate with it, inappropriate with his students, but I mean, the adults not are kind of whack. As his wife. True. Not nearly as much. (laughs) Um, It's also just weird for me to see him in, like, a good guy role because when I see this actor, all I think is, you're the evil husband-to-be from George of the Jungle. Ooh. So I see him and
1: and I think bad guy. So, yeah. So Marianne meets up with the Cross Your Heart Club and she says that we need to pray for Olive and we also need her to get the hell out of here. <laughs> she's like, I tried to witness to her, but she's defiant to any type of help. And she starts to get emotional. Oh my she's like God. crying. And she's like, I'm sorry, you guys. This is so stupid. And Micah's like, oh, played by Cam Gigante. Gigante. Yes. Gigante. Yeah. Gigante. Um, love that casting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently, like, I mean, there are a lot of jokes about his age and him being, Mm -hmm. like, a fourth-year senior, but he was, like, older than everyone.
0: Oh, yeah, he was, like, 27 or something when they shot this.
1: So Micah's like, no, it's not stupid, it's real. And Marianne's like, you know, Jesus tells us to love everyone, even the whores and the homosexuals, but it's just so hard. It's hard because they keep doing it over and over again. And I'm like, really butchering? the delivery here, but when I tell you Amanda Bynes fucking killed this role. She did. Brought it back to life, EMT style, and Mm -hmm. then killed it again. Mm -hmm. She was so good in this movie. Oh, yeah. I just don't know why she wasn't cast again. And like, I feel like there was a really long period of time where we didn't see her in movies.
0: Well, that's when her her mental health, I think, took a really big decline, and she Mm. stepped away. I hope that it was,
1: like, she needed to step away and not, like, she was pulled away and then her mental health declined.
0: I think it was not long after this when she got put in her conservatorship.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. It's somewhere around this time.
1: Mm. I wonder if there's any, like, interviews with her or interviews of Emma Roberts... Not not the same girl. Emma Stone talking about her working with Amanda Bynes. I'm sure there are. Because I feel like if I was working with Amanda Bynes, I'd be like, oh, my God. You mm. know? Especially yeah. as someone who was, comed- was a comedic actress and mm-hmm. who, at that time, I mean, Amanda had way more experience than she did. Oh, yeah. So I would be, like, excited mm-hmm. as fuck to work with her. Definitely. Um... So they have this little conversation. It's really funny. And she's like, okay, let's all make a promise right here, right now, that we will remain pure and chaste until marriage. And everyone raises their hand. And she's like, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're (laughs) awesome. And then they sing a song. Go down, Moses. (laughs) Do you know this song? Only
0: because of this movie. It's the only reason I know it. Yeah. Go down, Moses, Go down in you just just Tell old Pharaoh to let my people go. <laughs> yeah. Let my people go. Mm-hmm. So we then see Olive walking by the pool when who emerges from the water? Love my life. Todd. He's like. I would like, pretend to
1: drown to have him save me.
0: Oh, I would, yeah. I would immediately fall into the
1: pool and be like, Todd. Say Todd. You're like bubbling You're Todd. Like, Todd. Yeah. Wait, wait.
0: Todd. <laughs> we are the foley artist you've been looking for. My man Todd comes out of the water and he's like, Oh, I think you left your glass slipper at the party the other night. She's Endearing. Like, I know. And she's like, Yeah, and I got pumpkin all over my dress too. <laughs> The wordplay, and this is my favorite wordplay between them where she's like, she says, say la vie, and he says, (laughs) lovey.
1: He says it out loud. (laughs) Say it out loud. Lovey. Lovey. Oh, Todd.
0: I'm I'm an easy girl to please, really. So he says it sucks because they could have revisited Melody's bedroom. And she's like, oh, my God, that was Melody's house, like, where they played Seven Minutes in Heaven back in eighth mm-hmm, grade. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can't believe you remember that. And he's like, yeah, who doesn't remember their first almost kiss? And then just, like, shoves her shoulder before walking off. I'm like, Todd, you getting a little
1: flirty, flirty? What's going on? Me, I'm like, Todd, you little you little cheeky bastard. <laughs> oh my gosh so this guy named evan comes up to olive afterwards and he's like hey brandon told me what you did like what you actually did and i was hoping that maybe you could do the same for me and she starts to walk away and he's like wait i can pay you and she's like i'm about to slap you so hard i'm gonna make your teeth bleed and he's like you know, I don't even need your permission at the rate you're going. And he's like, I can give you a hundred dollars. And she's like, you are repugnant. And he's like, that's the problem. Like, never mind. Sorry, I asked. I knew it wouldn't work. I'm just a fat piece of shit. And he's like, I wish high school would be over already. Honestly, this would not give me pause. Like, I'd be like, you are an awful person.
0: I feel like when I was, like, when I was 17, I probably would have given in. Like, I would have felt, I probably would have felt bad and been like, okay, fine. If I was, like, if I was in Olive's situation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, Olive, we definitely see throughout the movie. She definitely, she has a lot of empathy for people. um, She does, yeah. Which is how she ends up, like being manipulated a lot, whether or not Mm -hmm. like the other person is actively trying to manipulate her. um, We see her falling into this trap over and over again, because she does
1: feel for these people. True. I would not do it, but she agrees to do it. And she says, all right, but like, we're not going to have fucked. Like, we're just going to say that you fondled my chest And it was a glorious moment, unmatched by anything he's he's experimented with. Um, He's experienced, including cake. And he's like, can we just throw in some butt action or some pants rubbing? And she's like, fine, whatever. And they make the deal. And she tells him that the sad thing is if he had been a gentleman and actually asked her on a date, um, she would have said yes and he's like oh my god wait like do you want to go out with me And she's like no not now shit dick
0: <laughs> but yeah it's it's true like men are just fucking stupid a lot of the time where it's like yeah if you're just like kind and nice and you asked her on a date like yeah she probably totally. would have said yes
1: totally totally i think that there are definitely a lot of schools of thought if you will where it's like some guys are just assholes Mm -hmm. and they act like assholes and they still get dates even though they're assholes yeah some guys don't get dates and they're assholes Mm -hmm. and they're always gonna be assholes or whatever some guys don't have dates but they are too like they're not confident enough Mm -hmm. to ask out girls yeah and they think that every girl is gonna say no but actually they just never tried
0: Yeah, or they, like, genuinely don't understand, like, what women actually like or want. And, like, if you just listened, it's really not that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah. So, of course, this gets everybody talking. The rumor mill is churning once again. This rumor travels even faster, like, that she is soliciting sex for money. Traveled even faster than the first one. But for people who knew the truth... Olive was open for business, and she had a lot of customers. So we have this whole montage of some of her buyers. She got $100 from Best Buy from Phil Lord to say that they hooked up behind the library. $50 from TJ Maxx from Eric Lang to say that they got it on in chemistry. $90 from Panda Express so that Ryan Dukes, one of the members of the Cross Your Heart Club, might I add... Mm -hmm. said that she showed him hers, but he did not show her his. Chris Miller gave her $40 worth of movie passes for her pretend cowbell, but only for the foreign movie theater. She goes up and she's like, one for De La Kuschraub? I I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like this small niche movie theater. Mm -hmm.
0: But the worst of all, Sanjay Chandra giving her a twenty percent off coupon for Bath and Body Works, and let me tell you, as
1: somebody who has shopped the mail,
0: exactly as someone who has shopped at Bath and Body Works many a time in my life, you buy one tiny little uh, hand sanitizer from there, you're getting a twenty percent off coupon in your bag. Anyone can get those.
1: Fuck off, Sanjay. Mm -hmm. Back to the webcast, Olive talks to the audience and says, Whatever happened to chivalry? Does it only exist in 80s movies? I want John Cusack holding a boombox outside my window. I want to ride off on a lawnmower with Patrick Dempsey. I want Jake from 16 Candles waiting outside the church for me. I want Judd Nelson thrusting his fist into the air because he knows he got me. Just once, I want my life to be like an 80s movie. Preferably one with a really awesome musical number for no apparent reason. But no. No, John Hughes did not direct my life. So instead of all that, I get to save 15 cents on a bottle of Juniper Breeze antibacterial gel. We segue into part four, how I, Olive Pendergast, went from assumed trollop to actual homewrecker.
0: I'm pretty sure that when I saw this movie for the first time, I had never seen any of the movies that she listed. Um, wow. Yeah, because my mom didn't let me watch Breakfast Club, actually, until I was probably like a junior or junior or senior in high school. Um, and then I watched Pretty Pink, or sorry, and then I watched 16 Candles around the same time. Mm-hmm but I still like have not seen a lot of John Hughes movies despite, you know, I
1: haven't either actually. Them. So, I'm Maybe sure have we'll a do John them. Hughes month. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do a selection on the pod. That would be fun. I don't think my mom knows who John Hughes is.
0: <laughs> my mom like loved John Hughes like she, you know, grew up in the 80s, loved all these movies, but just like didn't let me watch them for some reason. But I'm like yeah. you let me watch like, Friends when I was like 4 years old. So, I don't know what the logic is here. <laughs> but Anyways, Mr. Griffith then calls Olive into his classroom and asks her, you know, what's going on with her wardrobe. He says that she might be taking her assignment a little too seriously. And he's been hearing some rumors and she's like, yes, they're true. I am considering becoming an existentialist. And she asks him when teachers became privy to adolescent gossip. And he says... It was when everyone started putting everything up on Facebook, and then he like quotes this status where it's like, "Roman is having an okay day and bought a Coke Zero at the gas station. Raise the roof! Who gives a rat's ass?" <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, you know, whatever this act is about, I'm curious. So she kind of talks about how he should consider giving her extra credit because she's really trying to understand the puritanical ostracism ostracism yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right. uh, that Hawthorne wrote about and she actually pretends that she never read the book she's like oh everyone should have just watched the original movie like I did but he's like I know you read the book because she's a nerd at heart yeah So he then also apologizes for sending her to the principal's office. He's like, I'll deny it if you say anything, but I wanted to be cheering along with the other students. I don't know what it is about Nina. I hate her. (laughs) And Olive's (laughs) like, well, I won't tell. And as she's leaving, she runs into Mrs. Griffith, played by Lisa Kudrow. Mr. Griffith's wife, and she's, you know, eyeing up Olive's outfit, and she's like, A is for awesome. Okay, bye, and leaves. And Mrs. Griffith is like, How come I don't know that student? Like, I should know all the students, especially the ones that dress like that. And then she realizes that Olive is the girl that everybody has been talking about, especially her office aide, Marianne. So, Mr. Griffith says that it's all lies, but she should talk to Olive. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I will. And while this convo is happening, like, Mr. Griffith is also trying to, like, touch her and, like, kiss her and stuff. And she is swatting away all of his advances. And she tells him that she's not going to make it to dinner because she has an after-school session with a kid who brought a knife to school it was a butter knife, but it's a gateway knife. And as she's walking away, he's like, I'm thinking about another gateway and, like, trying to hit on her. But she is not having
1: it. She's like, I am closed. Mm-hmm. for business." Absolutely. Um, I got for not wanting to be weird at school, like where you both right, work. Right, right. But... It's sus. Like, it's more Mm -hmm. than just, like, I don't want to be kissed in public. Yeah, definitely. So, in the office, um, Olive is waiting for Mrs. Griffith to call her in. And Marianne is sharpening pencils, just (laughs) staring daggers at Olive. And Olive is like, ooh, you're sharpening pencils? You're sharpening pencils? So sharp. Ooh. Ah. So sharp. Ooh. So, so sharp. Sharp, sharp. Yeah. So finally, Mrs. Griffith calls her in and she's like, Olive, you know, I've been hearing some concerns. Um, I'm confused as to what statement you're making with your wardrobe. And she's like, oh, am I in trouble? Because like, I'm following the dress code. Nothing is a Above my, like, fingertips or whatever. That that was also my school's dress code. Your hem couldn't be higher than your fingertips. Classic. Mine was technically actually four inches. Mm. And then they said if it's higher than your fingertips, like, same difference, but Yeah. We also couldn't
0: have, like, visible bra strap. It had to be thick enough strap that it would cover a bra strap. So you couldn't wear, like, tank tops. And I'm like, it's Singapore. It's fucking hot.
1: Oh, yeah. We couldn't wear tank tops, but Mm. it wasn't, like didn't say you couldn't have your bra showing per se but it was mm-hmm. like you couldn't wear a spaghetti strap yeah. thing. you couldn't wear flip-flops either or or like sandals with no back
0: yeah same that was, also mm-hmm.
1: was- so stupid because like i've gone to my business like office job mm-hmm. with a pair of cute mules yeah on multiple occasions yeah so fuck y'all fuck mm-hmm. who you heard um anyways she talks to mrs griffith and she's like you know olive i want you to know that you can trust me if there's anything you want to talk about and all of actually about to really open up to her and she's like i didn't like have sex like people think and she's like okay sure sure like and hands her a handful of condoms and she's like no um, I don't need these. She's like trying to tell her that this is a rumor. And Mrs. Griffith is like, no, take them. Like, take them, take them, take them. Listen, I just don't want this phase to define your life. You you need an exit strategy. And the pill is, one, is not 100% effective. And it like, I think really hits Olive at this point that everyone thinks of her this way like having Mm -hmm. an adult give her that reaction yeah especially with someone um who she's so close to her husband like Mm -hmm. i think that really made her feel bad
0: oh definitely yeah i think it's it's interesting how because like we talked about this movie being an homage to like, John Hughes movies, and I think that a big pillar of those, like, 80s teen high school movies is that the adults and the parents and stuff are always kind of, like, inept and sometimes feel like a villain role. However, the majority of the adults in this movie are actually not. They're, like, on Olive's side. They're supporting her with the exception of Mrs. Griffith. Mm -hmm. She has, like, the facade of wanting to support, but also has this, like, other agenda that you know all will be revealed later um so i think it's okay. kind of interesting how it subverts that trope so olive leaves mrs griffith's office and who is sent in after her but micah who is in tears so she asks marianne if she finds it strange that her boyfriend is 22 and still in high school and marianne is like no, he is here by choice. His choice. His, his choice. The big guy upstairs.
1: If God wanted him to graduate, he would have given him the answers.
0: And of us like, you got to be shitting me, woman. And <laughs> asks why he was blubbering like a baby. And is like, oh, is he struggling with his sexuality? And Marianne is like, no, you rhymes with witch. His parents are going through a Divorce.
1: And starts crying. <laughs> no, you rhymes with witch. I love Amanda Vines. <laughs>
0: yeah, so she breaks down. Olive, like, tries to comfort her by just, like, patting her head and is like, you know, sometimes our boyfriend's parents, they get divorced. And it's important to remember that it's not your fault. So I got to go. She starts to, like, try and leave. But Marianne is just like, but they go to our church. What will people say? And starts hugging Olive and crying on her shoulder. Olive is trying to maneuver out of there. And Marianne is like, wait, why are you being so nice to me? Oh, my God, I did it. I got through to you. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so, so sorry for everything I said. I'm so, so sorry. I just really would love for us to be friends. And Olive's like, Okay, sure. She's like, "Yay!"
1: So, what do we get the next day? It's amazing friendship montage. Marianne and Olive see each other in the morning. They hug. First class of the day, Marianne texts her. She's like, "Let's hang out after school," and Olive gives her this like big like thumbs up. And later on in like pottery class, uh, Marianne is working with this guy who like tries to throw the pot and she like, she's like, Olive, Olive, and just like a choking gesture. And then later on in Woodshop, she like comes up to her crying and she's like, Mike is in the hospital. He's like, in so
0: much pain. I love the detail of, like, Marianne's finger being right next to the fucking saw and Olive having yeah. to use a cross to, like, push it over. Yeah. Great detail. So we cut to the hospital where Micah is writhing in pain. The doctor comes in. He's like, yep, it's chlamydia. And his mom is like, who have you been screwing? Who have you been screwing? And slapping him on the head until eventually he's like, Olive! Olive Pendergast. And so she calls Marianne's mom. Marianne's mom calls Marianne, and Marianne promptly walks into the locker room and slaps the bejesus out of Olive.
1: The next scene we see is Micah on the phone and he's super panicked. He's like, I said I got it from Olive. I, I tried to blame it on the divorce, but my mom isn't buying it. And who is he? On the phone with... It's Mrs. Griffith. (gasps) It is Mrs. Griffith, the counselor. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't care that you gave me chlamydia. I love you and nobody can stop us from being together. Not even the school board or the president of the Americas. And like, we cut to her office and she like, hangs up the phone. It's so... Mm -hmm crazy it's so cringe i mean of course like i would never do that like it's Mm -hmm. so imagine your kid going to school and like finding out they were hooking up with the school counselor
0: it's it's awful it's disgusting like i guess he's 22 but like still he is in like a power in a child yeah he's in like a child dynamic like it's fucked up um it also like didn't really occur to me until like, after having watched this movie maybe, like, 12 times or so, that <laughs> if she gave him a chlamydia, that means that she's probably also sleeping with other people, too.
1: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Because I don't think Mr. Griffith has chlamydia. Yeah. Or else he would have been, like, I'm suspicious, maybe. Or, like, I don't even know. But, no, it's totally implied mm-hmm. that she's sleeping with other people, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she is, like, freaking out um olive comes in looking for marianne and miss griffith is like oh what do you what do you want and then she's like i'm just looking for marianne because like she slapped the shit out of me and i'm super confused mrs griffith is like losing it and she's like i'm so sorry but like i messed up olive i messed up shit bad i messed up goddamn shit bad and she's spiraling and olive Quietly closes the door and is like, uh, don't get me wrong, because I love it, but I don't think you're supposed to use that language in front of students. And Mrs. Griffith is like, Well, you know what else you're not supposed to do is sleep with them, but that didn't stop me.
1: Oh my god. So she's like,
0: Do you know, my marriage is not perfect i haven't slept with my husband in months and then this great looking guy comes in and he's nice to me and he's not a minor and you know i checked and he's not the sharpest christian in the bible and so olive is like trying to put the pieces together Mm -hmm. and she's like and then he found out that he has chlamydia and he's telling everyone that he got it from you and so olive is like okay micah has chlamydia marianne thinks he got it from me it all is clicking now And Mrs. Griffith is like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to tell everyone the truth. I'm going to fix it. And I'll just, I'll lose my job and whatever else I lose, but it's fine. I'm going to fix this. And Olive, being the very, very empathetic person that she is, decides that she doesn't want to see her favorite teacher's marriage crumble and decides to go along with the lie. She's like, I could have chlamydia. Most women don't show symptoms, and, you know, the whole school knows that I've been whoring around. Miss Griffith is like, no, you haven't, because a real whore can't admit it to herself, much less others. But Olive is like, listen, tell Micah that I confessed to giving him chlamydia. So she's agreeing to go along with it, which is a huge sacrifice to make. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, because it's not... Now it's not even like, oh, she's sleeping with everyone. Now this is like, oh, she is sleeping with people and also potentially spreading uh infection to people. Yeah. So it's just gonna be worse for her. That's what it all it like boils down to.
0: Yeah. So
1: what happens next? Olive fucking just wants to go home after this shitstorm of a day. And there is a protest outside of the school. It's the Jesus Club. And they are protesting against Olive being a slut, I guess. They want her to get expelled. That's what their their cause is, yeah. Stupid as Mm -hmm. fuck. And who is in this crowd? Rhiannon. Mm -hmm. What an awful thing. Like, what an awful thing to do. I think that's just so nasty. Mm -hmm. And Todd bumps into Olive... And he's like, hey, are, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I'm awesome. I'm all, I'm great. And he tells her, screw all these people and all of this. Like, haven't you heard? I already did. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the really
0: fucked up thing with Rihanna is, like, she doesn't actually believe all – she doesn't buy into the whole, like, oh, thou shalt not, you know, have sex, whatever. It's clear that she's just, like – jealous of olive and like the fact that she is now has like notoriety um or that she is now like maybe more sexually desirable whereas Rhiannon has always been the more experienced slash desirable one um so that's just like really shitty olive gets on the trolley and she's like so they got Rhiannon. never underestimate the power of extremists like marianne they sense any weakness and they pounce like jungle cats And the whack pack just gets bigger and bigger. But at least they have a pack. I was used to being by myself, but I never felt more alone. I thought I should look into what they were running around and thumping about. So she goes to a bookstore and starts reading the Bible, but it is like 600 pages. So she decides instead to seek out an expert. So she goes to a church where she enters one of the um, confession...
1: Booths. she goes into the con- yeah yeah, the yeah
0: and she talks about how you know she's been pretending to be a, a harlot it's not that she's been doing anything but she hasn't been denying it either and she asks if that's wrong because she thought it was okay since it was just make-believe and she actually starts to like break down and get pretty emotional she's like you know it was make-believe no one was getting hurt but a lot of people hate me now And I kind of hate myself too. And nobody is saying anything on the other side. So she actually pulls back the screen and the booth is in fact empty. So just once again, simply no one to turn to at all. So on her way out, she actually ends up like knocking over a Bible accidentally on one of the pews, puts it back in,
1: runs out of the church. Olive decides to try another place of worship and she goes to a church, like, two blocks away. I don't even know. And she's like, can I talk to the reverend, the priest? And they're like, the pastor, like, yes. So she talks to the pastor, played by Fred Armiston. Yeah. And she's like, so where does the church stand on lying and adultery? He's like, it's not good. <laughs> and she's like okay so you know theoretically if we're speaking like um there's a hell and he's like there there's the christian church does believe in a hell and she's like okay so theoretically he's like it no it it exists you know right above the orient right under our feet and she's She's like like, okay (laughs) so what would be worse adultery or lying or you know is it a double whammy And then Olive accidentally knocks over one of the frames on his desk and she looks at it and she's like, oh, ah. And it's Marianne and the pastor and his wife and like, yeah, it's Marianne's dad. Mm -hmm. And so she's just like, holy shit. And then she accidentally, she's like, I I have to go. And she like knocks over another frame and he's like, really, two frames? (laughs) And she gets her ass out of there and she's like, I unknowingly sought help from uh, the father of the leader of my lynch mob. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's pretty dark. That's yeah. (laughs) An exaggeration. Some might say.
0: Absolutely. Also the fucking insane Photoshop job that was done on this family portrait. Oh yeah. I'm like, you couldn't even have gotten them together for one photo. Literally five seconds. You couldn't get them in a room. Um, It's insane because the photo that they use of Amanda Bynes, I know exactly what that photo is because um, there was, so, backtracking, there was a photo of Amanda Bynes, like, on the red carpet for a premiere of something, and she's wearing this, like, little black tube dress that's, like, really sparkly, and I remember it because back on a website called stardoll.com, which some of you may be familiar with.
1: You're done. (laughs) You are done
0: (laughs) There was An Amanda Bynes doll And one of the dresses you could put on her Was this dress
1: (laughs) You have too much knowledge
0: (laughs) I'm so deep in like The extended universe of this film Accidentally But yeah I remember this dress from Stardoll.com Which I spent
1: many an hour on Does Stardoll.com still exist? It does I'm about to be on there Mm -hmm. tomorrow when I should be working.
0: (laughs) And they still have, like, a lot of the old dolls. Like, there are new ones, obviously, but there's, like, I'm sure that Amanda Bynes one is still there.
1: I'm about to waste all my time (laughs) on Stardoll.com
0: Everybody, drop your Stardoll usernames in the Discord, please, and we'll chat about it.
1: What happens next? Movie night at the Pendergast household. It is Dill's turn to pick... Apparently, he picks every week because he gets favorite family member every week. <laughs> because Rosemary picks family member of the week. <laughs> exactly. And they're down to the bucket list and the other Boland girl. They pick the bucket list. And Olive is like, hey, just so you know, you know, if you hear around town that I have chlamydia. It's not true. Just played off as a joke. And Can you imagine, like, being a parent and hearing that? I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? Well, I guess the thing is, like, she is so... She's, like, typically quite open with them. And yeah. she's not going out. Like, she really doesn't go oh, yeah. out at night. Um, But, I mean, I would say, even if you're not going out at night, like, you could have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not mutually exclusive, but... Yeah, they're really, like, they're really trusting in her, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, no need to worry. Just tell them it's not true. Like, play it off as a joke, whatever. And her mom is like, do we need to have the talk again? (laughs) And she also mentions her outfits. And she's like, I'm not judging. Uh, I just think you you kind of look like a stripper. And Dill's like, but a very high-class stripper. You know, the ones used by... Uh, Judges and businessmen Athletes and politicians (laughs) Yeah And she's like You know I'm just trying to mix it up a little But I really don't have chlamydia So if anyone says anything Just make a joke and walk away And Rosemary's like Okay but you're kind of worrying us And they ask if they should be worried And she's like No I have it all under control
0: Yeah it is kind of worrying Like how trusting they are Like I do think yeah. that there should be a little bit more interference, especially when you think about this movie, like watching it now that I'm a grown up, I think that I see a lot more like the kind of issues with it that I didn't really clock as a kid, but like the proximity of like this child and sex work is like, I definitely see it. With a different lens than I think, I really understood the significance of when I was uh, when I was fourteen and watching this movie. Because like, if people really think that this seventeen-year-old is engaging in sex work, like that's really messed up. Do you mean like her teachers or yeah. The parents? Yeah, like just yeah. any any adult who like believes that
1: the rumors. I definitely think that Mrs. G. Handled it super poorly. Yeah. I don't think that Mr. G. Um, thinks that she's having sex like that.
0: Yeah. He he seems to not believe the rumors. Since yeah. he told, you know, his wife. You know, it's all lies. But just talk to her. But like that. That's a claim that I think bears investigating. Like even even if you do think it's false. Like I think as a school or as like an adult in an authority situation, like you would have to thoroughly investigate that to see
1: if that's the truth. I feel like that's something that would need to be reported. I do think it's important to make sure that all of your students are safe. Mm -hmm. I guess I would be weary as an adult to follow up on a rumor Mm -hmm. when it's like a rumor but I guess if you do believe it like I think it's worth investigating yeah Um, I would be worried if it was like some sort of like scheme that was run by an adult I would be mm-hmm. like who's someone forcing her to do this like what the fuck is going right. on right yeah
0: yeah I mean like at the end of the day this, this is a comedy and obviously they're not going to like delve into to that complexities of
1: sex work
0: (laughs) yeah like yeah obviously and because it's not actually happening it's you know a different thing but yeah i just feel like in in the real world i think that if there were rumors like this going around at my school i feel like this would have been something that would have been investigated Mm -hmm. for sure so back to the webcast olive tells us that um she actually ended up going back and rereading the Scarlet Letter to see how Hester dealt with this situation. And it said that, you know, she bore her punishment in humble silence, which was like not something that Olive was really down to do. And we see her sitting alone in the cafeteria, like literally a social pariah. Nobody is sitting at her table And she thinks about how, you know, it's weird how with all the mythical play that she's been getting, nobody is actually bothered asking her out or like actually trying to get with her until Anson, Rhiannon's crush goes up to her and he's like, oh, Olive, what are you up to tonight? I was thinking maybe we could, you know, go on a hot air balloon ride, drink some champagne, maybe read some Sylvia Plath. And she's like, okay, or we could just, you know, go to the lobster shack because that's, you know, easier. And he's like, great, sounds good. So
1: they make a date. Olive has a date finally. Ooh. So they go to the restaurant, the lobster shack. Um, I think we all know what this restaurant would actually be called. Mm-hmm. Schmed schlobster. <laughs> yeah, schmed schlobster. Immediately, they're like, hi, hi. Awkward silence. Like, they don't have anything to talk mm-hmm. about. Olive starts on one of her roles. She's like, oh, you know, like... People, some people think a lobster is an aphrodisiac, and even though there's no science behind the claims, and she starts talking about, like, rhinoceros horn being ground up. Pulverized blister
0: beetle. like She's talking about bloody
1: discharge at one point. Yeah, she's like, think about, like, the rhinoceros horns. Like, it could cause bloody... just dish- yeah. yeah, crazy, crazy things to be talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And... She's like, "Oh, am I talking too much?" And Anson's like, "Oh, no, you're just you know, burning through a lot of topics really fast." <laughs> so the waiter brings them their food, and Olive makes this like hilarious face. she's like, "yum, <laughs> like yum, like just so animated. Mm-hmm. And um she notices the birthday parade that is like going by on the other side of the restaurant headed by Woodchuck Todd, and she's like, why don't we just start calling him Lobster Todd?
0: Lobster Todd!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Olive notices whose birthday it is. It's Rhiannon's birthday. I'm surprised her parents are even eating lobster. I
0: don't think it's Rhiannon's birthday. I think she's just at, like, another table.
1: Oh, I yeah. guess I, I had assumed she was there just with her parents.
0: I don't know, because she sees her through the fish tank, like, yeah. just on the other side of the restaurant. She's there with her parents, but it's uh, Todd isn't at her table. She's at a different table. Oh. It's just someone else's
1: birthday. It's not? No. That's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Anyways. um. Also, Todd is like, happy bur- bur- birthday. or break it down like he's like going all in right now happy 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 birthday to you (laughs) yeah um you know this movie a little too well i do (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's really good so all of this like fuck we have to get out of here and anson's like what are you talking about like why and she's like Rhiannon's here and like i know she's had a crush on you for a really long time and he's like we have nothing in common. And she's like, Oh, and we do. And she gives the uh, waiter her gift certificate and they head out. She tries to be really sneaky, but of course, Re sees her on the way out and she's like, <gasps> mm.
0: it actually yeah. is really sad. Cause when, when she's like, Oh, and we have anything in common and he's like, yeah, I hate Marianne Bryant too. And she goes, well, if that's our magical connection, I should just date the whole school. And he goes, haven't you? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, for sure. And she's like very visibly hurt. And she's like, no, no, I, I haven't. So as they're in the parking that's lot, the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm, it only gets worse. As they're in the parking lot, Olive is about to get in his car when he actually closes the door and stops her. And he's like, oh, I have something for you. And gives her a $200 gift card to Home Depot. And Olive is crushed. Just, like, absolutely devastated. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize that this was, you know, this was one of these.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: she's like, so what did we do on this date? And he's like, whatever $200 gets me and starts kissing her. And she, you know, pushes him away and is like, no this is not how this works. And he's just like, oh, it's fine, and starts kissing her again. And she has to, like, shove him off and tell him to stop. And she's like, I'm not really having sex with people for money. I'm just saying I am, but I'm not actually doing that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay, and goes in to kiss her again, and she has to push him for a third time. It's, like, it's really upsetting.
1: I feel like this, I remember – I don't know if this was the first time I had seen it, but, like, I remember definitely seeing this early on and being, like, this is date rape, right? Like, yeah. this is, like, when you go on a date and someone, like, mm-hmm. forces himself on you. Yeah. Which is so crazy. It's, like, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I, I guess I would hope that I would have done basically what she did, which would be, like, no, 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 mm-hmm. and walk away, but... To be what seventeen, yeah, and be like no, th- like that's not what this is, it's so easy to to be like, Fuck, like you know, i'm I don't know how to get out of this, like it feels oh, so yeah. uncomfortable,
0: mhm. Especially like in the, yeah, in the moment, like you always, you always think like, oh, if this happened to me, I would do this. You know, I would, I would say no, or I push him away or Mm -hmm. I would do whatever to get myself out of the situation. But you never know what's going to happen to you. Like when you're in that moment. Of course. Absolutely. Sometimes you freeze up. Like I've definitely had experiences where I've been on a date and a guy has kissed me when I've not wanted him to. And like, you just kind of freeze because you don't know, like your body just doesn't know what to do to get Mm -hmm. out of it. Um, Oh, yeah.
1: And of course, there's also if you what if you do say no or push them off or mm -hmm. some shit like that and they're like, "Okay, bitch, like what the fuck? And Mm -hmm. then it's like, how do you deal with that? (laughs) And that's like a whole other situation having like this person Mm -hmm. be aggressive towards you.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you're prepared for the first no, but you're not prepared to have to say it. Two or three more times. Yeah. You know? Because it's just... It's shitty and it shouldn't happen to anyone. And people should just, like, fucking be respectful and understand consent. But unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. So she ends up getting him off of her, finally. And she just calls him an asshole and starts to walk away. And he's like, where are you going? Like, I paid you. So she throws the card back at him as he drives off i think he's like this is such bullshit and i'm like you're a fucking asshole Mm -hmm. he drives off you yeah leaving her you know stranded thankfully todd sees her and comes out to check on her as he sees anson like peeling out of the parking lot and he's like, Olive, are you okay? She is visibly crying, very upset. And he offers to give her a ride home.
1: Olive gets in the car with him, you know, they drive home and she is sobbing in the passenger seat. And he asks her if she wants to talk about it. And through her tears, she's like, everyone thinks I'm a whore. And for the first time, like, I'm actually starting to believe it. And tells him not to act like he doesn't know what people are saying about her and he's like yeah i I know what people are saying but i don't believe them and she's like oh who told you and he's like no one had to tell me because once upon a time there was a scared kid in a room at a party who wasn't ready for his first kiss and there was this amazing girl who lied for him so todd was actually the first person that um Olive lied for that really stuck with him because it was like a nice gesture and yeah it was great so he says that sometimes he actually pretends that Olive was his first kiss and she's like oh like who was and he's like it was Rhiannon like a, a year after that and it sucked it was like Blah, blah 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 and Olive is like what, what? the fuck mm-hmm. like I, here I am feeling so bad she knew how I felt about you and Todd is like feel how do you what? feel about me huh, what? huh? hmm, hmm? <laughs> two E's huh feel you feel about me huh and she's like no felt felt I said felt felt I said <laughs> and they get to her house and she's like how do you know where I live and he's like Oh, you know, we used to carpool in the second grade. My in the God. second <laughs> grade. Mm-hmm. Sir? Mm-hmm. Sir, are you trying to marry? Are you courting? Me? Are you seducing me right now? <laughs> are you fucking proposing? <laughs> and she's like, what are you, like a, a stalker or something? Like, Are you a savant for people's addresses? And he's like, I only remember cool people's addresses. And... He also tells her that she's pretty and smart. And he formed this opinion prior to her transformation. And she asks why that rumor didn't spread. And he's like, well, I like to keep my business to myself. Notoriety never seems to benefit the noted. It's only the notees.
0: And she's like, "Oh, where were you two weeks ago? And then Todd says, "Olive, if I promise not to tell anyone, could I kiss you right now?" And she says, "No." And Todd very respectfully good for Im- her. immediately is like, "Oh, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry." And she's like, "No, no, no, it's not that." He respected her decision.
1: Crazy. I'm like, "The bar, well, I have a good boyfriend, but" mm-hmm. in the scheme of it, ladies, but this is why I'm like, guys,
0: it's really not that hard to be just, like, fucking kind. I don't get why it's so difficult. It's not difficult. It's just they don't fucking care. But it's very frustrating. So Olive is like, no, no, it's, it's not that. It's just I don't want to kiss you like this when I have mascara running down my face and some horned dog guy just tried to shove his tongue down my throat. The truth is, I've wanted to kiss you since 8th grade, but I wanted to be perfect. And right now, my life is a mess, and I need to get my business in order before I drag you into it. And Todd
1: says... <laughs> <laughs> my gosh.
0: What if I want to be dragged into it? I could help. <laughs> yeah. So Olive hugs him, and they actually, like, hold hands for a moment. It's really sweet. It's very, very sweet. And they also, I really love their chemistry. I mean, like, they have this really great... Let's
1: get a lobster Todd going in the chat. Yeah.
0: They have this, like, really great chemistry with their banter, but also, like, this very, very sweet romantic chemistry. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it. She gets out of the car, and she's just like, why now? Like, why are you suddenly into me now? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't overanalyzed it the way that you're about to. Mm. And he says, good night. And she says, good night, Lobster Todd and heads in. Um, But yeah, I just, I really enjoyed this scene. Um, I also do really like that he held the space for her in a very nice way for her to kind of talk about what just happened. He didn't like push her at all. Mm-hmm. It was just like, if you want to talk about it, we can. I also get the sense that they had been sitting in the car with her just, like, crying for quite some time. So there's also space for that, too, which I think is a good way to handle the situation.
1: Yeah, if you ever have any questions about how to talk to a girl, just watch Lobster Todd.
0: Yeah, he'll teach you everything you need to know.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, no, I I definitely agree that I really like this scene. And we talked about it before. It's not a rom-com, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I think this could have also been achieved if they were friends. Mm-hmm. I prefer the romance, yeah, just because yeah. it's juicy and uh, delicious. Um, yeah, the movie doesn't like rely on it, but it is mm-hmm. a very nice layer to it. Yeah, absolutely. I I just think that the scene is a really great place for the mm-hmm. rest of the ending of the movie. Yeah, and like a really earnest jumping off point for. The things that transpire next.
0: Yeah, especially because Olive has been so isolated and outcast. I think it was really important Mm -hmm. for her to have an external factor kind of like pull her out of this hole.
1: Yeah. I was also going to say regarding Todd's behavior. No, not Todd, Anson. Um, Phil once told me that when he was younger, like, obviously, you know, everyone has, like, the talk, but he told me that his dad also talked to him about, like, consent, like, about being, like, you know, now I don't know if he, like, if that word was in the zeitgeist at the time. Right. But, like, definitely about being, like, oh, if someone says no, like, that, like, you respect that. Like, you don't push mm-hmm. further. Like, that's not something yeah. you do. And I'm, like, oh, my God, like, he talked to you about that? Like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense to fucking do to just be like, it's, yeah, yeah, communicate because it's not even. I mean, it, it is about consensually having sex, but it's mm-hmm. it's really at its core being able to communicate, yeah, and understand what someone's like wants.
0: Yeah, and like creating a, a space where people feel comfortable to voice it if they need to if like it's not maybe not coming across in their body language or whatever if they if they feel comfortable enough to say like hey i need to stop or like we need to whatever just making sure that you're setting a precedent where like that is a safe and okay thing to do super important
1: yeah yeah all that to say i feel like uh people could be doing that more people could be uh simply talking to their kids and being like yeah if um you're getting signs that a woman doesn't want to have sex with you you just say okay i'm gonna head out but i why don't i take you home <laughs> or whatever the fuck Mm-hmm. so simple so Olive is now determined to stop all the lies and there's only one person she could count on to tell the truth, Brandon. Then, uh, Lelane, who you might know as Miranda from Lizzie McGuire, runs... an uncredited role. How rude of them. (laughs) It's like you don't respect your fucking elders, bro. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she runs up to Olive and she's like, oh, my God, Brandon ran away from home. He left this note for his parents saying, I'm gay, bitches, and skip town with some big, hulking black guy. And Olive to herself is like, my apologies to Mark Twain, because previously, throwback, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like, how come the books you read in high school always seem to mimic real life, except for Huckleberry Finn? But no, now it's Huckleberry Finn. And that's what you missed on Glee. Yeah. And Lane comes back, too. She's like, oh, what did you say? And she's like, oh, nothing. She's like, no, no, I, I left. And then you said something and I came back. And she's like, you're you're funny. Call me. OK, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> so Olive then goes to all of these guys that she's helped. And she asks them to come clean. But none of them are willing to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, even Micah got sent to live with his grandparents in Florida. Then Olive visits Mrs. Griffith next, and she's like, listen, we made our choices, and the guilt that comes along with it, like, we're going to have to just, you know, we've made our beds, we have to lie in them. And Olive is like, um, what the fuck? Like, I could tell the truth, and you could get fired and put in jail. And Mrs. Griffith is like, he is legal, he's of age. (laughs) Second, who would believe you. No no one's going to believe you. Who would, would you, you believe? believe? Yeah. And then Olive storms right over to Mr. Griffith and tells him the truth about his wife. And her face drops. Like, she immediately regrets it and apologizes and runs out because at the end of the day, like, that's not how she should have done it if she was going to tell him at all. And... Yeah.
0: Yeah. So on her webcast, Olive offers an apology to Mr. Griffith for telling him that in that way. And she says that she doesn't feel bad for lying for his wife, but she hates herself for telling him the truth. Mm-hmm. And that with her words, no matter how true they were, she ended a marriage. And that's the thing that she regrets most from this whole experience. Yeah. So we then have a scene between Olive and her mom. They're sitting on that same kind of like valley that uh, her and Rhiannon were on. And she tells her mom the truth of what's been going on. And her mom actually says that she was in a very similar situation when she was a teenager. She had a horrible reputation and people said awful things about her. And Olive is like, why? And her mom is like, because I was a slut. Like I got around, I slept around a ton before I met your dad. I had incredibly low self worth, and uh, I slept with a lot of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she kind of like goes into all these details about she's like, "Oh yeah, I could do this thing where I could like get my leg up there,"
1: and all They're of this so like I like don't want to hear this boundary <laughs> as a family
0: yeah definitely like very foreign to me this is not my family dynamic like i don't talk to my parents about like my dating life the only reason i even told my mom about matt is because she basically forced
1: it out of me oh she knows that you're dating
0: yeah so i'll tell you the story so when he came to visit this is (laughs) the
1: patreon after all
0: yes this is the exclusive so before we were like official And he came to visit me in Toronto. Mm -hmm. My mom had messaged me being like, oh, like, let's FaceTime this weekend. And I was like, oh, I can't. I have a friend staying with me. And uh, she was like, oh, which friend? And I was like, oh, he didn't go to NYU, so you wouldn't know him. And she was like, what's his name? I was like, Matt. And she was like, I've never heard that name before. And I'm like, yeah, he's a mutual friend. Like, I met him a few years ago. We, like, recently – reconnected blah 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 blah. and she was like okay and then a week later after he left and i was on the phone with her and my dad and my mom's like so who's this friend that came to visit you i was like oh yeah just my friend matt like i met him at at this party a couple years ago he went to a different school and she's like okay is this someone you're dating and i was like um kind story i don't kind of yeah like he do, he lives in new york he doesn't live here so like not really but kind of and she's like okay so like are you exclusive and i was like i mean we yeah like we haven't really talked about that she's like you're not dating other people and i was like no she's like so he's your boyfriend and i was like no that has not been established yet <laughs>
1: I love this line of questioning where I imagine her um, on the other end of the Zoom having, a, like, a, a desk lamp. Pretty much. And she's, like, shining it in your face. And she's like, you're dating other people. <laughs> no, you're not dating other people. you're so exclusive he's your boyfriend. Then. <laughs> he's your boyfriend, huh? Tell me he's All the while, my dad is sitting there in silence. So love. super fun. <laughs> love. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. telling my parents that I was dating Phil. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is just a testament to how like unhinged my parents think I am, and how like <laughs> secretive I am, because mm-hmm. I Facetime them. It was my dad's birthday, but I wasn't at my parents' house, so I like Facetime them, and was like Happy Birthday, da da da. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I I really want to tell you guys something, um like I don't know if I prefaced it if I was like you know don't be mad or anything I think I just said like I want to tell you guys something um mm-hmm. you know like I met someone and we're um in a relationship and I literally like finish and my mom is like oh my god I thought you were going to tell me you got married <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, oh my god oh my-
1: Like wow. I go home like every couple of weeks. Like I, yeah. it's not even like I don't think it had even I been a month, <laughs> like since I'd seen my parents in person. I was like, "Holy shit!"
0: Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this is not this dynamic is ro- with Rosemary is not our reality <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> I am close with my mom. Mm-hmm. I promise, guys. I am close. now that I'm an yeah. adult. We're we're mm-hmm. getting along swimmingly. When yeah, I was a kid, yeah. I was like, no information shall pass my lips. <laughs> you are boom boom shut out. So basically the gist of it is
0: Rosemary says that Olive will handle this the same way that she did, with an incontrovertible sense of humor. But Olive is much smarter than she was, so she'll come out of it even better. Nice. This
1: brings us to part five. Olive says it was time to put an end to this once and for all by telling her side of the story. Part five, not with a fizzle, but with a bang. I'm like, you're so twee. (laughs) (laughs) So they're having a pep rally at school, and Todd convinced the band to play the sexiest song in their repertoire. She had one outfit left in about 30 seconds to do it. Plus she wanted her own Musical number Give him the old razzle, razzle dazzle <laughs> So Woodchuck Todd wheels His wheelbarrow of logs Into the gym And the band is playing And Olive emerges From the fake pile of wood And she sings Knock 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 on wood, on wood. Babe. And I'm like Damn, you were cast in La La Land, huh? Like, I don't think this is you singing, though.
0: It's not. So, when they filmed it, it was her singing, but mm-hmm. then in post,
1: they used a different person's voice. I, I like, I don't think it matches her at all. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I would never believe that was her voice, but yeah. I do like the rendition. Yeah. Yeah. So, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, was why is your voice so scratchy when you speak and not when you sing? That doesn't make any fucking mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. you wrote I was obsessed with this
0: oh yeah I, I thought it was like the <laughs> coolest thing when I was 14 I was like this is amazing I yeah. want to do this someday um, not in the carts for me but
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could be if we do this costume that's true or you could be like um, you could be one version of Olive and I could be another version of Olive mm. Kind of like when we were all Mirandas. Yeah. Or when we were all Britney. So, yeah. So we've done this before, people, okay? (laughs) Is that what you want to hear? Yeah. (laughs) So, Olive emerges. She's singing the song. She rips Todd's woodchuck costume off to reveal the blue devil costume. (sighs) He is looking ripped. He's looking fit, okay? Mm -hmm. She kisses Rhiannon on the cheek And gives her the feather boa Everyone is cheering like crazy And Olive's mm-hmm. like This was just a free preview For the main event Log on to freeolive.com Tonight at 6pm And it does interfere with the basketball game But would you rather be here Cheering on the woodchucks Or watching me do one Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. The principal comes out and he's like, we're going to my office and drags her over. And she's like, oh, so sorry. Like, I can't. Like, I have a date with this guy I really like and the rest of the school. And before he expels her, he should talk to Mrs. Griffith because she might talk him into letting her stay. Mm. So Olive and Todd actually run out of the gym together.
0: So back to the webcast. She says, and here you all are, waiting outside the bedroom door for me to kiss Todd, listening to me pretend to have sex with Brandon, paying me to lie for you, and calling me every name in the book. You know, it was just like Hester in the Scarlet Letter, except that's the one thing the movies don't tell you, how shitty it feels to be an outcast, warranted or not. And then outside Olive's window.
1: Don't you... Forget about, Forget about me. me.
0: Don't, yeah. don't, don't. Don't. Don't you?
1: Da da, da, da. Forget about me.
0: <laughs> this is the quality
1: content you're paying for here on Patreon. I have three empty beers sitting in front of me. <laughs> Which one is the weakest link? Mm-hmm. And we're just under the three-hour mark. <laughs>
0: So she goes to her window where Lobster Todd is standing on a lawnmower holding up the speakers. So we have the Can't Hardly Wait reference. We have the Say Anything reference. And we have the Breakfast Club reference with the song. And she's like, oh, I see you've been watching my webcast. It's still going, by the way. And he's like, screw them. They've had enough of you, figuratively speaking. And then he says... I borrowed my neighbor's mower. I came right over. She's like, that almost rhymed. He's like, yeah, spend a minute on it. So Olive rushes back to the webcast. I love him.
1: And she says her final.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She says her final words. She goes, That's Todd. Not that I owe you guys any more confessions, but I really like this guy. And I might even lose my virginity to him. I don't know when it'll happen, you know, it might be five minutes from now or tonight or six months from now or maybe on our wedding night, but the really amazing thing is it is nobody's goddamn business.
1: So Olive runs off, all the boys that paid her to say they did stuff with her are pissed that they didn't get to see anything else from Olive, Mr. Griffith watches, and mrs griffith actually comes up to him and says hi and he just ignores her um marianne watches Rhiannon gets an apology text from olive she says i'm sorry for lying brandon and his boyfriend they're not watching the the stream they're watching huckleberry finn Mm -hmm. olive runs down to todd and jumps in his arms and they finally kiss and get on the lawnmower riding off with their fists raised the end
0: wow pretty crazy mhm i mean obviously i love this movie i know it inside and out like the back of your hand mhm mhm there's just there are so many incredibly funny lines that just like really hit my sense of humor i think my mm-hmm. sense of humor is also like very Intertwined with this movie, because when I saw it for the first time, I was just like, "Oh my god! Like this, this is it! Like this is it for me! This is what I really, really like." Because I've never really been into like the dudes rock movies. It's just like not really my vibe. Not even but I love something... you,
1: man.
0: It's fine, but I'm not like I don't know. It doesn't
1: slap into bass.
0: It doesn't do for me does what this movie does for to you? me. <laughs> I'm
1: kidding, I'm kidding. Like but I hear you. I also yeah like. S- uh
0: Step Brothers, like hangover all of those just d- doesn't do yeah. anything for me but this
1: something about this movie mm. just really hits for sure i hear you there i think the comedy is so good because it's a combination too of the writing and the delivery mm-hmm. like yeah they the writer and the yeah i don't fucking know the name of the guy who wrote this okay mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone get off my back um <laughs> But yes, the writing and the delivery are, like, Mm -hmm. equally putting in a lot of work. So it comes out um, so good. Um, I actually enjoy this movie, even though I was complaining about it before we started recording. (laughs) But I think for me, the thing is, like, I can enjoy it when I focus on the comedy. But when Mm -hmm. I focus on the content, it makes me, like, infuriated. Like, it just Mm -hmm. puts me... Not puts me in a bad mood, but it does make me like so pissed off and being yeah. like, oh, uh, fuck high school in yeah. a way that's like not enjoyable. Um, but like the funny parts and like when her and Brendan are pretending to have sex, it's like hilarious. Mm-hmm. When she becomes friends with Marianne, like those are the really fun scenes. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought this was just a really wonderfully casted movie. Like, Stanley Tucci deserved to be in that role. Lisa Kudrow. Like, everyone, I think, did uh, an amazing job. And that includes my queen, Amanda Bynes.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that um, definitely now that I'm older, I feel like I definitely see the content of it a little bit different. Like, I feel that there's a lot more weight to it that I just didn't understand when I was 14. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And I do think that this movie is is very much a time capsule of that kind of like 2010, like early 2010, late 2000s like culture where like I don't think a movie like this could really be made now just because I feel like teens these days are much more like sex positive. Whereas when we
1: were in Mm -hmm. high school, there was a lot more slut shaming going around. I gotta say, I think I'm pretty out of touch with what's Mm -hmm. going on because um, I do feel that way, like, where it's, like, more sex positive. But then Mm -hmm. I also have heard from, like, our friend Monica's sister who Mm. just turned 21, like, at the end of last year. And Mm -hmm. um, she said when she was in high school, like, people – would have these secret folders of like these girls' nudes and they would trade them Mm. in these like private folders and stuff. So it almost feels like there's also people who are, you know, more sexualized but in like a really negative way where Mm -hmm. it's like we have all this technology and so things can be disseminated really easily, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is also exhibited on Euphoria when in Cassie's like first season – She, like, has all these sex tapes that guys she was dating recorded and they get sent around to other people. And, yeah, I don't really have my finger on the pulse in that category, I got to say.
0: Yeah, I I am curious um, what it is like to be in high school now, especially, like, with social media being the way that it is. Because, like, obviously social media was around when we were in high Mm -hmm. school, but not nearly the same as it is now. Like, I think I got Instagram in, like, my junior year. And it was, like, still pretty early on for, like, when Instagram started being popular.
1: You got Instagram in your junior year of high school? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I got Instagram when I was in middle school.
0: Oh, yeah. It was, like, not really a thing in Singapore, at least. Instagram and Snapchat really started when I was a junior in high school. mm mm-hmm. um, That's when it started becoming popular. So I think that, like kids now are getting instagram when they're like 10 and having that like constant exposure to like influencers also having the like, constant exposure to tiktok i mm-hmm. that's just like a whole layer of pressure that i don't know i could handle being in high school now
1: oh i would be so stressed out like not only do mm-hmm. i have to get good grades and be in clubs and do acting, like all this shit. Mm-hmm. And then also, I have to have a a great social media presence. Like, what the yeah. hell is that?
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but last last final thoughts on this movie. I think that you know, at the end of the day, this movie is kind of showing us that when it comes to sex and like reputation, that is assigned like kind of attached to it Mm -hmm. men have everything to gain and women have everything to lose that hasn't really changed unfortunately (laughs) in the past 12 years
1: yeah i definitely think there's the dichotomy of the men and women being treated differently for having sex which i think is the most obvious when um olive and brendan pretend to have sex Mm-hmm. and he's like lauded after and she's yeah. humiliated um but yeah i also think it's kind of about being honest with yourself and mm-hmm. figuring out like what you want or who you are because she felt completely invisible at the beginning of the movie yeah and What changed throughout, like, what made her dynamic was the fact that she was no longer invisible to everyone. I don't know how to describe it, but I do think, like, high school, and we're talking about middle school, I think, maybe in the last episode, but high school is really a weird time where you want to fit in so bad, and you want to be, like, seen, and you want to be the most popular person, but... It's something that's only four years of your life and doesn't actually mean anything.
0: Yeah, in the in the grand scheme, it's really, it's a, the tiniest blip. I definitely feel super glad that I'm not in high school watching this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. It's a, it's a really, really hard time. There's just so much going on, so much you have to deal with, so many changes, and like you're on the precipice of adulthood and expected to make a lot of adult decisions while still being treated like a kid.
1: I agree, I agree. And also they're like, why don't you take out like $100,000 in student loans? Like you're qualified to make that decision. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, I most certainly was not. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, well, That being said, what would you rate the film? Hmm. Actually, I'll go first. I've been making you go first. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to rate it. I'm going to give it a Seven. Because I think it's a good movie, but it's just not my favorite. Like if I if I find it to be like a really good movie, I'll give it an eight at least, and I've, I'm giving it a seven.
0: This is hard for me because I really, really love this movie, and I have watched it so many times. I know it so well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I, other than when we watched it. For sleepover cinema i don't think i had watched it probably since i was in high school oh wow so it's definitely one that it's one that i don't re-watch frequently but when i do re-watch
1: it i am reminded like oh god i fucking love this movie it's definitely a time capsule movie too mm-hmm. like you feel like you're in 2010 when you watch it
0: definitely definitely i'm gonna give it because of, because of my personal connection with it, especially, I'm going to give it a nine.
1: Holy moly! Because I just
0: found it to be so formative in my in like the development of my sense of humor when I was like fucking 14 years old, and I I really love the performances, and it does hit for me every time. And I think as I get older, um, like with each passing year, I see more depth to it, and I appreciate and like kind of understand the gravity to a lot of this a lot of the themes more and like my perspective has changed on it throughout the years so
1: yeah yeah two different ratings for you this evening yeah well we hope you enjoyed this very long episode (laughs) i know we're like (laughs) oh it's a 90 minute movie love why don't we make a two hour and 30 minute podcast yeah it was super fun to finally get
0: to cover this movie really uh do my best impression of every single character in the entire (laughs) film i hope you enjoyed yeah
1: (laughs) um i mean yeah i liked rewatching it and talking about it when i don't have to throw up so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, i would recommend watching it's on hulu it really is it does feel like a blast from the past Mm. um I loved watching Amanda Bynes, um, seeing really the role that catapulted Emma Stone into stardom, like yeah, yeah, pretty robust career after this movie. So I would recommend. I would recommend you go check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're
0: in Canada, it can be rented on good old Amazon Prime. So head on over, spend the three ninety nine. I think it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Looking forward to chatting in the Discord about everybody's opinions. Yes. There are so many messages
1: I have to respond to.
0: Yes, yeah. Tell us your high school horror stories. (laughs)
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme
0: song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.